Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. You are joined by me, which is great. And I'm glad I made it out of New York alive, and that's what's important. <laughs> I'm glad you are safe and sound. And Maddie, I believe you're safe and sound as well, aren't you? Always. And we're glad you are safe and sound listening to another episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, who are somehow in the postseason, NFL Week 4, which... (laughs) Oh, if you didn't see that Jets... Excuse me. If you didn't see that Taylor Swift game last night, uh, you have uh, quite a... Quite Every week's catch the up Taylor on. Bowl now. Yes, yes it is. Uh, I'm sure the Taylor Bowl will continue into week five. We're going to give our predictions on some of the games headed into week five. Maybe give you a parlay uh, that you can uh, lose money on. Uh, the Toy Story was a big part of week four. We do want to touch a bit, about, a bit on that. CFL halftime show has been announced, and it is, I mean, somewhat surprising, but I think it's definitely worth talking about. Also, something uh, somewhat surprising, Mr. Beast has jumped into the world of professional sports and something somewhat surprising, the debut of Edge, Adam Copeland, and All Elite Wrestling. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which again is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, before we do all that, we do want to catch up what's been going on in our lives. We've had a few things happen over the last week. James, you were in New York. Yeah, I was in, actually, I got a funny story for you. So I was in New York Toy Fair. Um, and as I walked into the building, so the, the New York Toy Fair is in New York, and our building is separate from the main building. So we had a separate like sideshow, kind of like you know how E3 Xbox would be like across the street, right? We were ten minutes down the road of a walk, but a couple first thing. So our flight was delayed. I don't know if you guys saw this, but New York had like flash flooding. <laughs> And oh, I saw it. Dude, it was like up to people's knees. Luckily, not when we arrived, none of that was there. So either like New York has a really good drainage system or it's just centralized on one godforsaken spot of New York. Well, so here's the thing. Like this happens like every September in New York. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like a couple of years ago, a buddy of mine was getting married. He lives in Brooklyn. And I want to say we were flying in on like the Friday or whatever Thursday night, we were looking through Twitter and New York was underwater. And it was the exact same thing that happened this past week where like the streets had like, what was it, like four or five feet of water? It was fucking yeah. crazy. And then by the time we flew out in the morning, all the water was gone. It's like, okay. And yeah, we cool. had no idea what to like what we were going to encounter. Our flight was delayed by three hours. When we got there, it was just fine. There was light rain spitting. So maybe it was just wasn't in that area. But I keep telling people I saw the full three faces of New York when I was there. The first one being as we were taking the Uber from the airport to the hotel, there was a bunch of guys honking their horns at each other. And then literally next to us in the Uber, this guy leans out his truck. He goes, hey, buddy, fuck you. And he just throws a big middle finger out. And it's just the most like egregious use of fuck you and the middle finger at once. It was just it was with this like New York authority that you can't replicate anywhere else. It was the most like New York fuck you I'd ever heard in my entire life. And then on our way to a dinner, uh, we saw two rats, like massive rats, just chilling across the street. They were just, they came out of a fence and they were hanging out in the sidewalk. Like, honestly, they're so not afraid. You could boot fuck one of those rats if you really wanted to, because they're not afraid of people. They just, they just stand there. Um, 
And then the door guy to our building, I asked him in the morning, I was like, hey, man, is there a Starbucks around here? He's like, nah, there's not a Starbucks, but right up there's a deli and they got coffee. It's only five minutes. You go with a blue awning, they'll give you coffee. I was like, oh, all right. And then this lady's walking by and she goes, actually, down there, that building's open. Uh, and they, He goes, lady, I'm not associated with that building, so I don't give a shit. And she's like, I'm just trying to help. He's like, hey, why don't you get to step in? Like, he's just, he just, the lady was being nice. And he's just basically, like, fuck you, get out of my face. So, like, the, and then I went into the deli and I tried to order a double double and they were like, what? I yeah, was like, come on, you gotta ask for a double double. What the fuck's milk, the matter with you? Milk and sugar, right? But then uh, I had a break midday on Saturday. So I walked up to the main Toy Fair show and I tell you, man, it's like, it's three levels and it's like three miles long. And it's just vendor after vendor after vendor. Dude, there is shit that you're like, why are you here? You know, and then I realized like either they're trying to get picked up by like you think if they get one facing at a Walmart, their life is set, right? Like they don't their company set or if they get bought up by a bigger company, they don't have to worry. So I realized a bunch of these guys are probably there just to pitch, right? They just want their stuff seen so that somebody might pick them up, right? I thought it was more like a oh, check out what new we got going on. But a lot of it was more like, hey, look at us. Do you want our shit? But as I was... Well, even even in the situation of here's us pitching something, I think it's a similar pitch to here's what we have going on this season. Like, you may already have a contract with that vendor and they may already be providing you something anyways, but they're still showing you that they have something, right? Yeah, but there's like stuff that I would be like, I don't know who asked for this. Like, you know what I mean? And why this is still a thing or whatever but i guess you know the u.s it's a bigger market it was more opportunity for stuff like that so maybe i'm looking at it through a different lens but on my way in the door i cross paths with one brian myers from impact wrestling um <laughs> the the major oh. bros podcast uh he was walking out as i was walking in because you know they're heavily into toys right and action figures did you stop him and say hello i did not i'll be like hey oh. i work for i i used to work for that company that never booked you right <laughs> how's it going you know <laughs> hey i had a cup of coffee in professional wrestling you like wrestling right you came up here and you worked for that competitor company you were their champion remember that so Don't you hate pants <laughs> right <laughs> he probably does i mean he probably worked in weens for a long time so i don't like pants either yeah there you go um so that was it so yeah i just and i didn't have a lot of time to see new york although on the sports card collecting side apparently it was hobby rip night on Saturday by Tops, and guess who was in New York opening packs of cards with kids? Was it Tom Brady wearing an Expos jersey? It was Tom Brady wearing an Expos jersey. <laughs> I saw, saw it all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I was in this. I was in the vicinity of Tom Brady, which is wild. So that was kind of cool. And it was Jalen Rose, but like Jalen Rose isn't as much as Tom Brady. No, no disrespect to Jalen Rose, former Raptor Jalen Rose. That was me. That that was my big thing. Did you? I guess ba- I was hoping there was gonna be more to the story that you actually went to Cat's Deli, like I suggested last week. Dude, I couldn't, but I, I did have. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, dinner at this place called District Social, which was okay. The food tasted a little funny. Um, I think I was poisoned, and then then we went for drinks at this place called Social Drink and Food. It was supposed to be like a rooftop, but then it got really cold, so they had heaters out there. And, but as we were getting in, a burlesque show was ending. 
So like all these people in what like crazy outfits were like coming to sit down and surrounding us and they were all like 60. So, so here I am with, with my account, like we're talking and all these old people in shiny glittery jackets are now sitting around us. I have a photo of one of the guys. It's like a bright green, green, bright green glittery jacket. Adora Forest, olfactory, marinations. I give that one to myself. Uh, bright green glittery jacket, and uh, looked like he could have hosted The Price Is Right. It was, yeah, it was hilarious. I took I took a very sly photo. It's kind of like uh, Luke Skywalker walking into the cantina bar and everyone like <laughs> looking over at them. Like Only nuts. we would be the ones being looked at because we weren't glittery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was it. That was my gig. Maddie? I like <clears throat> Honestly, I don't really do anything anymore. I hang with my kid. I golf in when I get the chance to. And that's pretty much it. Um, I mean... My Saturday, like my weekends now at this time of year, pretty much go like this. My wife usually takes the kid on a Saturday or Sunday and goes to see like her other friends who all have kids that are the same age. So I get like my Saturdays and Sunday afternoons kind of to myself. So I usually just wake up. I do like my morning routine. I like I go work out, have breakfast, shower, do all that stuff. I sit my ass down and watch college football all day. And then... After that, I go to sleep and wake up and I work out, have breakfast, shower, <laughs> sit my ass down and watch NFL football all day. So, I mean, that's pretty much how my weekends go right now. Um, golf Fridays, usually because I don't work past 12 o'clock on a Friday. So most Fridays I just golf. Um, but yeah, like other than that, it's nothing exciting happens to me right now. I'm off this week, which is great, but like. I don't know what I'm going to do at the time. I still have like three weeks vacation I got to get rid of. And I think I'm just going to take all of December off. <laughs> I have something for you guys. I have a couple Instagram things for you. Hit me. Um, I actually just sent both of you guys a post on Instagram. I was like, who's messaging me right now? <laughs> Spoiler who's, alert. Who dares me. messages me while I'm in this podcast? And I don't know if I even want to say like who it is or what. It, like, okay, it's just... I'm just rolling through Instagram, okay? And you come across a picture of a girl who's like, okay, she's in a bikini and her ass is like right out there, okay? Okay. Okay. This is one of those situations, and this happens a lot, I guess because I'm loosely in the world of professional wrestling and I worked in the restaurant industry for so long. So, like, I've always kind of worked around attractive women. <laughs> so, like, there's people that you follow that are like, just like, I worked with this person or like they're in the same industry or whatever. Right. But then you come across a picture like this where you're like, I am not hitting that like button. I, I, I refuse to hit like on this picture because I know it's going to happen. Someone else is going to roll through their Instagram and they're going to see this exact same post and there's going to see like Dustin like, like, like this yeah. picture. Dude, and like, oh, who, I look like the fucking oh, pervert now. Before, who did that the other day? You, no, before you get into that, I literally had to message a buddy with a screen cap of a picture he liked because it was on my search thing and it said liked by this person. And I sent it to him and I was like, yo, 
And he was just like, what? No, that. And I was like, it's right here. He's like, oh, it must have hit like the <laughs> the heart as he was like scrolling through. That's and, absolutely a, a perfectly reasonable right. thing to happen. Yeah. So, so then I was like, I'm, I checked his followers I, or who he's following. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, rookie mistake. And I was just oh, like, no. you don't, you don't do this. Right. He's like, what the shit's happening? He was like, I don't even follow. He's like, you know how when you scroll picture or reel, the follow is right there and you can accidentally hit it. It's like, do you not feel like the little haptic vibrate that indicates that you liked or followed something? He's like, that's what that is. He's like, I thought it was just messages coming yeah. through. It's the Teoscar well, Hernandez problem. Did you see that the other day? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that did happen to Tay Oscar the other day where someone was like, Tay, you okay, buddy? And like, he's liking some picture of some like half naked like, topless. Girl or yeah. Yeah. Um, do you just like some that, titties? Whatever. <laughs> something similar happened to me the other day where like, I think I'm rolling through reels and I'm just like kind of tapping on the right side of the screen to like skip to the next reel or whatever. Right. And at, at some point in between reels, it gave me like, you should follow this person, this person or this person. I hate that. And my, and my thumb was too close to it. And then I hit follow. I'm like, fuck. And now I can't like go back to that profile and unfollow because I guarantee at that second they got a notification of Dustin just followed you. And it now they like go in. you got to give it like a week. No, no, no. If you unfollow right away or like within before they see the notification, like in terms of in their inbox thing, it gets rid of it because a friend was worried that it happened to her. So she's like, can we test this? I was like, sure. So she was like like this picture she's like unfollow me so i was like all right so and i followed her and unfollowed her again quick and then it didn't show up and so she was like okay great and she's like what about pictures are real same thing so if you do it quick enough to unfollow before they catch the notification you're golden it's like social media calculus it's <laughs> it's too much and now but and the worst thing <laughs> is wait. i work in like i work in it in a way like in software development so like i'm used to testing practices like that <laughs> the um you brought up another actually reminded me because of that picture, a New York story. So the hotel was connected to a nightclub and <laughs> people at like some of the That's like our, our colleagues at three AM were faced the nightclub side of the building. That's so like so at three thirty AM was just merengue music and they couldn't <laughs> sleep. It was just gag and they they couldn't sleep. It was so rough. And I was standing outside um having a cigar and these women who are pretty much dressed like that photo uh, you sent us is uh, they're all standing there. And I'm like, what? Like it was the most cinematic version of what like a pre nightclub thing could be. And they're all standing there. And then this guy comes out and he's like some nobody. He's like some jabroni in a bubble jacket. Like he looks like a taxi driver and he comes out and he goes to this group of girls. And I'm like, this guy's so socially awkward. There's no way he's trying to work his way in with these girls. And he goes, hi, are you with Adam or are you with Hamid? And I was like, and they go, um, and they like look at their phones and they go, we're with Hamid. And then he goes, okay, Hamid's upstairs. We go. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, these girls 100% are getting trafficked right now. I need to call the police. Like there's, it was just like the weirdest, you know, and like they're all, and you know why they're going upstairs. It's like the less clothes you have, the higher up you get to go. Like that's it. Right? Did you, did, you just, <laughs> did, you, did you just do the clap? That was not me for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was just like like everything you would have seen in a movie happened in that moment. Like it was the most, like and every girl that came out of the next Uber or taxi had less clothes on. It was, it was just like, I'm like, society sucks. Like no yeah. self-respect whatsoever. Just see back to the Instagram thing though. What I hate is 
the and, and this is just like more of a pet peeve and it's obvious like it's intentional it's not like it's a mistake or to be like like an oops thing i hate the ones where they're like oh my god got new shoes what do you think and the shoes are not in the picture and it's oh. just like boobies or right. like a butt and it, there's actually this there's this broad on instagram who's actually pretty funny because like obviously i follow like a lot of like athletes and like fitness people and shit like that um and this one broad and this was sent to me from another friend and i was like she's actually really funny what she does is is she does like the stereotypical like fitfluencer things where you know like the certain poses or angle shots while they're working out and whatever but she overlays it she's like hi get ready with me in the morning where i wear basically no clothing and wake up with perfect makeup and then so you can just look at me and enjoy <laughs> what i look like which is completely real and not planned at all and then she's like now take a look at this workout where i'm standing on a bike not actually pedaling but i'm putting out my butt just enough so that you can be like damn she's got a nice butt and make you want to follow me and you know subscribe to all my stuff and but and she's just really funny about it um and it's just like it is encapsulates everything that is like wrong with social media which can, social media can be a great thing but there's just like parts of it that just drive me nuts the best thing about it social media is sometimes you can put out a poll and see what your friends are thinking and i did that <laughs> earlier today and if I've you haven't uh so yeah, I, I know you both voted. Uh, I took so full context. Okay. What happened? I went to Harvey's today for lunch. And for our non-Canadian listeners, Harvey's is a burger fast food place. I got the double Angus burger with cheese. And on the side, dude's going to shit a brick. Later. Oh, I've, already, I've already gotten rid of it. Um, <laughs> Why yourself off, man? You did. Pretty much. Double Angus burger, um, and on the side I had. So for, I have to get a Pepsi too, unfortunately. And on the side I got a poutine. The guy behind the counter actually asked me if I wanted fries or onion rings, and I decided. Do you to get a regular protein. Pepsi or a Diet Pepsi? It was a regular Pepsi. My I always get Diet Pepsi, but I'm always thinking that the guy behind the counter is like, "You fucking moron! Like you're getting <laughs> all this junk food. This Diet Pepsi is not going to save you." Yeah, and he's just thinking like you're such a bitch. Like I'll yeah, do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just get the regular one, you bitch. Yeah, at that point. Okay, so that's the other thing. Like a quick digression before is like the one of our one of like my trainers. He's like, don't half-ass it. If you're gonna eat like a shit meal, just go for it. He was like, yeah. don't be like, oh, I'm just gonna do the burger, but then I'm gonna get a salad. And I'm gonna have water with it. He's like, if you're gonna fucking do it, just do it because mentally it's easier to get over that than it is the half meal. He's like, trust me. So anyway, go ahead. No, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Um, while consuming this meal, and I'm drinking out of Pepsi that I don't want, but I have to have Pepsi because it's a, a Pepsi establishment. Um, of course, now that this whole plastic ban has fully come into effect in Canada, I cannot drink a plastic straw. I have to get a paper fucking straw. And I feel like the straws have been around longer than everything else. I feel like there's other things that were slowly worked out. But one of the things that I've had recently, a number of times now, and I thought maybe just one establishment that gave it to me, and then I realized, oh, no, it's a plastic thing, is when you get a poutine, they hand you a fucking wooden spoon. I, like It's just... I. This is a very inherently Canadian thing. Because first of all, the ban on plastics, I'm sure, is 
not uh, exclusive is is not normal there are, everywhere. There are right? tons of plastics in New York. I watched oh, yeah. them go into a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, the poutine is not something you normally get anywhere else. Anyways, the point is, as I'm eating this poutine, I thought to myself, "This is the worst fucking experience I've ever had eating a poutine." Not good. It's horrendous. Like, I guess it, it's it's. It wouldn't be too bad if, like, it depends how you eat things. Like, if you put the uh, fork in your mouth and you, like, take it off with your teeth and then eat it. Or if you're the type of person that uses your your gums to, like, remove the food from the fork. Two different eating experiences based on the wooden gimmick. Because the wooden gimmick to me, I, I just it tastes like a like, normal, like a blend. I'm not a teeth guy. I'm not normally a teeth guy either. I was probably using more gum than teeth. But while eating this poutine, I switched to 100% teeth Mm. just so I wouldn't taste the wooden gimmick because it reminds me of like, and I haven't gone to the doctors in forever. So that's why I'm saying, remember when you were a kid and you went to the doctors, (laughs) but like when you're a kid and you got checkups at the doctor and they put that like wooden stick in your mouth on your tongue Tongue to compress your tongue and look at your tonsils or whatever the fuck they're looking at. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like you're taking one of those tonsil compressor viewer things and eating fries and gravy and cheese with it it's disgusting why is the wood fork the prongs aren't long they're not why though i think it would be better i think it would be better if it was long they break easier and then they get into your food and you swallow it and eat it oh good call they make it smaller that makes i've actually i've googled this yeah because i've like i think that makes it worse i mean from an experience other i mean Choking on a piece would be the worst experience, but yeah, the it's like choking on toothpick. Yeah, I would actually probably be 100 percent the same thing. But at this point, I'd so, rather they give me toothpicks. <laughs> Let me just pick my food out. Right, honestly. So I put this out to the world on Instagram this morning or this afternoon, or I guess it's afternoon, <clears throat> and uh, decent response. You know, about 36 votes so far. And the the question I posed was, what's worse? A paper straw or a wooden fork? Straw. And as of right now, I feel like they it's are, overwhelming. To be it is overwhelming. Seventy-two percent of people are saying paper straw over Dude, the, the wooden fucking fork. fork doesn't deteriorate. It doesn't, but I think that's because everyone has dealt with a fucking paper straw they hate at this point. I feel like the wooden fork is more of a niche thing. It's only for getting the poutine. Like if you're going to fast food, you're going to McDonald's. You typically don't get a poutine. You can, but I think Trash. people generally don't. Right? Like you you like McDonald's fries as is. You're gonna dip your McDonald's fries in your sweet and sour sauce or something, and away you go. So I feel like people have even if like you go to the movies, you're not getting a burger and fry combo. You're getting popcorn, you're getting a drink. And that fucking drink you get has a paper straw. So I feel like people have encountered paper straws more often than they have their wooden fork. One thing that I didn't know. And again, I, I still think it's relatively new in terms of the cutlery. Like the, uh, the, the, the straw has changed over a while ago. The cutlery is new. I haven't had one of these yet, but a friend of mine said, I got a, I got a McFlurry the other day and they gave me a fucking wooden spoon. I couldn't yep. eat it. Which is weird though, because they used the spoon to stir the damn thing. Yep. So how does that work now? And they must have like reusable... <clears throat> stirring gimmicks now for the uh, like a metal spoon that they just wash or rinse maybe i don't know and i've tried to use those reusable straws and stuff it just doesn't feel the same feels dirty 
It does. Um, like one of the things I saw, sorry, on like um, Instagram was a guy's just like, he was like, look, I'm all for the environment. He's like, I do think we need to make headway. I think we've, you know, waited too long to make some of these changes. But he's like, if you're giving me a paper straw, why is it coming in a plastic cup? Yeah, Wendy's does that now, right? Where they have the plastic cups and you're getting the paper straw, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. And he was just like, why not reverse it? And he was like, you know, the plastic, he's like the plastic straw. But then obviously people are like, the straw is inherently harmful for a lot of like the wildlife and shit where the plastic ends up going. But so let's then, just like, <clears throat> I don't like, believe that. Because <laughs> like, where did this, okay, so where do the straws go? You know what I mean? Like you no, 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 before that. So like I'm saying I eat McDonald's and I have a plastic straw in my drink. I throw the cup in the garbage. The garbage goes in a bag that gets collected by the garbage company and the garbage company sets the fucking bag on fire. Like, what's the problem here? How is there still like full on straws making out of the incinerator? I was going to say, like, when it comes to it, if we like in the world of getting out of plastics, like straws should be the least of the problem. Yes. Yep. I know. I or just start doing all like what Starbucks gar- did with their cups. <laughs> Our garbage bags are still plastic. Yeah. But those <laughs> are a lot, of, a lot of those are like the biodegradable plastics yeah, no, and things like that. But do what Starbucks did. Just no more straws. Like you can get one, but they don't effectively give you one unless you get like certain drinks and there's still and paper straws. Paper. Yeah. But where it's just like the little slit in the top to sip from. Like, I don't know why it took them so long to figure that out. Like, we do this for coffee cups. Why not do this for the refreshers? They didn't get these lids for the refreshers until like two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I would probably drink my Diet Coke or Coke Zero from McDonald's out of a sippy cup. I totally would. I'm not going to lie, though. Loki, I really like sippy cups. They're just fun. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, also, what was fun? I went to the Blue Jays game this past week, oh, and or- it feels <laughs> on Tuesday. Okay. Oh. So Tuesday last week, it was the last uh, dollar hot dog day, and let me tell you what a fucking difference it felt like in that building on Tuesday night, watching them get shut out. You <laughs> fast forward to today, and we're uh, moments away of talking about the Toronto Blue Jays in the postseason. Like what Coffee a champagne. Uh, a roller coaster this team has been over just the past month. You know, like how much they have, how much we have written them off. Like we did the eulogy on this program, like like six episodes ago. Like, all right, season's over. Like, I'm let's know what they got to do next it. year. They're going to get pumped by the twins. So let's uh, get into that now. Um, I have a like one other thing I wanted to talk about, but I think I'm going to save that for my shout out. So it is official. The Toronto Blue Jays have made it to the postseason. Um, they finished with a record of 89 and 73. And the target, I think most people for the Toronto Blue Jays were saying, if they can get to 90 wins, they should be able to make the playoffs. And they were very close to that number, like 89 wins. Um, if they actually tried in game 162, they might have actually hit that 90, which is, you know what? If at the beginning of the year, you said to me, the Blue Jays are going to have the best rotation in baseball and they're going to finish with 90 wins and make the postseason. I'd be very happy with that. I would say that's that's wonderful. That's a, a fantastic result. And that's everything I would have asked for. 
now make you watch the games to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And well, they don't tell you about those 89 wins or the 90 that they were targeting. There's going to be 73 real fucking stinkers in there. And you're going to you're going to question yourself the entire way through the season or question the team the entire way through the season. And, you know, middle of last week, it felt like a foregone conclusion that if the Jays were to make the playoffs, and there was a lot of ifs, and man, when it came down to the end of the week, I was looking at it and I was saying, dude, fuck, this is, we're going to have a three way or four way tie. Four way. A four way tie at 90 wins, and the Blue Jays are going to be eliminated because John Snyder fucked up a game in April or something. Like, it's just, I just felt it in my bones. Like, that's how this was going to go down. But fortunately, the Seattle Mariners were dog shit in Seattle. Like they in Seattle. They were dog shit in September. <laughs> and they fell off just enough for the Toronto Blue Jays to grab that sixth playoff spot. Which is important to note because all last week, if the, the conversation was if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, they are going to be in the second wild card spot. So fifth seed. And would play the Tampa Bay Rays. So much so that while the Jays were playing Tampa in the last series of the year, Tampa was actively trying to win those games so they didn't have to face Kevin Gossman in game one of the wildcard series. The only reason Tampa was even trying is so they could avoid, so they would burn, so the Jays would have to burn Kevin Gossman on the Sunday. None of that ended up mattering. Because the way the Houston winning games and the way Texas won games, the way Seattle lost games, the Jays ended up in the last wild card spot, and now they get to play the Minnesota Twins. Okay, so there's 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 a couple ways to look at this. One, a hundred percent better outcome for the Blue Jays to have to play Minnesota in Minnesota, and then if they get past Minnesota, they'll end up playing Houston. Whereas if they're on the other side of the bracket, they would have to play Tampa first. And then if they got by Tampa some way, which they wouldn't have, they would have to play Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, no. So the Jays, given that, all I'm saying is the Jays are avoiding having to play Tampa and Baltimore in the ALDS and ALCS. Or not the CS. In the wild card and the DS is what they're uh, avoiding. That said, remember last year? (laughs) When <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays made the postseason and we're looking at it and we're like, fuck, we'd like to avoid this team and this team. And they end up playing Seattle. We're like, all right, we got Seattle. Fuck Seattle. No problem. They're going to roll over Seattle. They're at, they're at home. They got this bullshit team, Seattle, and they got knocked out in two straight games. Yeah. So I want to like just <laughs> temper everyone's expectations with that first. I, I would say the difference is, though, is the Twins are kind of beat up. Like they say, Carlos Correa is going to dress and he's going to play, but that dude's nowhere near a hundred percent, like nowhere close. If they, I'd say this: if this was mid-season or near the end of the season, he wouldn't be playing. Like I don't think he's played for a bit of time. Um, and then I forget who else it is that's off um, for the Rays. Like one of their big uh, bats is out too, and or sorry, the Twins and. They're they're a more beat up team than Seattle was last year, obviously. And I also think what Seattle was up and coming at that point, like they finally kind of came into their own and they came on hot 
last year and got hot at the right time and went right into the postseason playing the Jays on fire. So I think it's a little different. And I also do think what scares me, though, is the amount of left-handed bats in the lineup for the Twins. So in terms of injuries, uh, Joey Gallo is on the 10-day injured list. Uh, Royce Lewis is on the 10-day injured list. Uh, George Polanco is on the uh, day-to-day with an ankle. He should be fine. And probably most importantly, uh, Byron Bucks. Byron Bucks. Byron Bucks, and that was it. Yeah, it was Byron Bucks. Yeah, so they're missing a fair bit of their power. But the fact is, is the Jays starters that are going to be going in this series, one and two and potentially three, have not been good against left-handed batters. And the Twins are... Yeah, and the Twins are littered with left-handed power in that lineup. Like, the Jays have more pure power hitting in their lineup um, that you hope finally breaks out like we thought they would all season. But the Twins have it spread out fairly evenly through their lineup. They do it by committee. Yeah. Um, I do think the Jays do match up better with the Twins than the Rays, but by no means is this a cakewalk for the Jays. Like they're gonna have to grind this one out, especially in September or October ball. You know, it's you see a lot of two-one games, a lot of three-two games, a lot of low-scoring, dirty baseball type games. So I don't know. The good thing is, is our pitching has been stellar pretty much all year, which. You hope this isn't the time that they just fucking forget how to pitch. So it's it's Here's funny. The, 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 go ahead, James. Oh, I'll say it's funny because every time, like the Jays' bats have been kind of, I don't know, you guys, what would you use? To, one word to describe the Jays' bats this season. Suspect. I, I would say one, but it's probably like insensitive to say it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I would I would say it's very split personality like you go through stretches where um they're great and they're it's like 11 to 1 at the end of the fifth and they're smacking balls they're going deep they're small ball they're doing it a mix of all and then you go through games where they have one hit and it's like they're getting blown up 10 not 10 nothing so what's at the end of a the last I would say it feels like five, six, seven seasons. I always hear this when they get to the World Series about the two teams that make it. You know what got these two teams here? Run prevention and pitching. And I feel like the Jays were really good at that. So my hope is, is that the way they've tried to do it in the past, where they tried to beat people up the way Texas does, right? Texas has a dog shit bullpen, and I believe their closers hurt. So is it? Oh no, that's Baltimore. Baltimore's closer has Tommy John, and had to. Has, yes, Felix Bautista is done for the year, and will probably miss all of next year as well. Yeah. So, mm. you know, those are window. Like I hate to say, it, those are windows of opportunity on those teams. I feel like the Jays, ironically, the way they've played, might be primed to have success in the postseason. I'm not saying, you know, that. They will. I'm saying that we've heard this traditionally, and now the Jays are good at that thing. And now yeah. everyone's like, Ugh. you know, yeah, and I'm right. just as sketchy on these guys uh, as well, because you're right. At times, it feels like they can hit the lights out. I would be interested, too. And maybe we should look this up. I'll try and look it up. I feel like the Jays, and maybe it's just biased because that's the team I watch, were the most shutout team this season. 
I feel like I saw a lot of games where the Jays scored no runs. And that might just even be in recent memory because I feel like they've been shut out a lot in the last one and a half, two months. But if if it's, I well, feel like if it's two one ball games, it actually favors the Blue Jays. Well, the numbers I have in front of me, I can tell you at least in terms of one run games, the Jays were twenty five and twenty this year in one run ball games. Uh, Minnesota Twins were nineteen and twenty seven in those games. So, mm. you know, so closer games usually favor Toronto, which is good. Um, the this is something I always like pointing out because I think it's important to note. The Minnesota Twins, their record against the AL East this year was 13 and 19. They were six games below 500 against the AL East. The Blue Jays were 21 and 31. So they were 10 games below, but that's also because they played 52 games against the AL East. And how are they against the Central? Yeah, huh? You're, you're reading right into what I'm talking here. So the Minnesota Twins were 29 and 23 against their own divisions, six games up against their own division. The Blue Jays against that same division were 22 and 10. So 12 games up on that division. So what I'm getting at here is the, the Jays Central played garbage. <laughs> the Central garbage. The Jays played 32 games against the Central and there were 10 games above 500 in those games. The Minnesota Twins played 52 games against teams in their division. They only got gained six games from that. Yeah. More and, so they weren't beating so up on anybody. No, they absolutely weren't. And I think uh, here's another thing that I think is definitely worth mentioning. So there's a, a couple of things. One, the Jays and Twins played each other uh, one series in Minnesota, one series in Toronto. Toronto won the series Minnesota. Minnesota won the series in Toronto. So like whatever. <laughs> so none of that matters unless you want to look at it in the lens of, well, the Jays in, are playing in Minnesota. In Minnesota so uh, the other thing that's very interesting, and I don't know if this is going to stay this way, but I think it would be funny if it did. Um, 18 games in a row, the Minnesota Twins have lost in the postseason. Yeah, I saw that stat that they haven't. It's the most or the longest losing streak in playoffs in professional sports in North America. 2004 was the last time the Minnesota Twins won a playoff game. They got swept in 06, swept in 09, swept in 2010, swept in 2017, swept in 2019, and swept in 2020. Yeah. Like, I mean, here's the thing, though. We can throw out all the stats and numbers and stuff like that. The games still have to be played, right? You know, I remember when the LA Kings squeaked into the playoffs in eighth place and thought they were going to get run out and swept. They ended up winning the cup in, I think, like the least amount of games. But Brian Burke said you can't just sneak in and expect to win a Stanley Cup. He's going to get like your doors knocked off or the fuck he said. Yeah, he also bitched them on they didn't get Crosby because of the lottery and had a press conference about it. Well, to be fair, I don't know how much we want to go into this, but Sidney yeah. Crosby was fucking handed to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, that yeah. was bullshit. Well, yeah, they that needed to save that. Or- yeah, because they had to save that organization, yeah. right? 100%. But I, all oh, the ghost pepper nuggets are back at BK. I just saw the commercial. Sweet. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do think this does favor the Jays, but I think that as much as we can look at the stats and prognosticate and say, you know, be optimistic, this team hasn't given us reason to be optimistic, even with the stats are in their favor, mm-hmm. right? Like I, there's been more stretches of this team offense being anemic and this team just not having it together. than there has been stretches of them showing us what they can do. 
right? It seems like you have five games where you're like, what the shit are they doing? And then there's two games where it's like, oh, the bats woke up and then it's right back to not being able to do anything. It's funny right? too, because they, the other thing I, I would have liked, and I know we've talked about this, you know, and I've seen it talked about ad nauseum, but I'm going to hit on it anyway. I would have liked to see them win to get in. I don't know yes. that the mojo is the greatest when you like you're in by default. I don't, I don't know what kind of confidence that you carry into a series getting in because somebody else lost. And I, dude, I've said, I've said this even when they've won to get into a wild card game or whatever, back in the day, when you're popping champagne because you got into the, I don't like, what's your guys' opinion on that? It drives me crazy when they've got the goggles on they're jumping around. They're spraying. Hazel fans. May is getting like guys are just running by, dumping champagne on Hazel May, and she's just trying to do an interview. Yeah, and it's it's to get into the playoffs. And you wait, you didn't even get in. Somebody let you in. Yeah, someone didn't do what they had to do, and you got in because someone else just wasn't good enough. Essentially, you were you were like, well, someone shitty has to fill this spot. Might as well be you, right? I. It bugs me. If you win your division, go nuts, party. I get it. I'm good with it. Like if you're the, you like won the AL East, yeah. If you're the Orioles, party. If you're like whoever won the Central, which it was the Astros, go ahead, party. It's fine, right? If you're one of those teams, like the Phillies, go nuts. But if you're like, and if you had to win a big game or a big series to get in, then yeah, go ahead. But like you, you're in by default. You know, you're in, like we said, by a team that just didn't win. You have no right. And I know people want to say it's a 162 game grind. The playoffs don't take as many teams in the MLB. We get it. You know, yeah, you should celebrate. I'm all cool for celebrating, but acting like you won the World Series or the Cup or the Lombardi or the Larry OB. Like, come on, man. Dude, those celebrations are no different from stage to stage. There's no escalation. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's kind of silly. It's a very baseball thing. I don't know why they do it, um, especially in the situation. Yeah, <laughs> where, try, like it just it pisses me off. I'm, I'm totally with you. If it was like the Astros or the Twins or the Orioles who were celebrating the win of their division, absolutely celebrate. But I also think it needs to be a bit more reserved of like, like James said, it should escalate. Like your yeah. party for the <laughs> making the playoffs should think, equal the party of winning the just World Series. Replay the video of the wild card celebration yeah. if the Jays win the World Series, and no one would know any different. Yeah, uh, it's one, just Bush League. One more stat I want to throw at you. This is the record of the teams playing day games. Minnesota is thirty four and thirty five on the season during day games. The one game below 500. The Blue Jays were 38 and 27. They were up 11 games during day games. And I bring that up because this game is going to happen, I guess, by the time this podcast comes out. This game happens today at 4.30 in the afternoon. And for whatever reason right now, probably because of global warming and the way we've destroyed our Earth, it's going to be a summer's day in Minnesota. <laughs> tomorrow today uh this afternoon like so it's gonna be like 85 degrees fahrenheit it's gonna be a warm day um i actually am considering going to the game on wednesday because tickets right now in minnesota seven dollars if you want to go to this game seven dollars how much does it cost you to get to minnesota 
Uh, about round trip, about five hundred bucks. I mean, it's yeah. less than it would cost you to go to the game here if it was here. Right. I'm just looking up tickets for Toronto. Now, look, there are differences. There's a currency difference, although seven dollars does not equal eighty-five Canadian because that is the cheapest price right now for a Blue Jays ticket uh, for a home playoff game is eighty-five dollars for the shittiest ticket in the building up in the five hundred level. However. Um, that is also, to be fair, the division series games because the Blue Jays won't have a home game in the wild card series. That said, so there is a zero percent chance there would have been tickets less than ten dollars if no. the Blue Jays were playing a home game in the wild card series. Now, again, this another caveat: these are all resale tickets, and I guarantee what happened here: tickets went on sale for Minnesota playoff games, and they got snatched up, and then they got fucked and had to play the Blue Jays. And like, oh, the league doesn't care about the Blue Jays. So they're going to put this game on in the afternoon. Everyone's still at work. And it's central time. So it's like 3.30 local time. <laughs> so everyone's like, fuck, we got to unload these tickets now. And now there's probably 15,000 tickets that are trying to be unloaded from this building because no one can attend the game now. So yeah, you can get in to these games for $7. So I really hope everyone from you know Northwestern Ontario and Southeastern uh, Manitoba are coming down to this game because tickets are available and they should fill that place with Blue Jays fans. You, you I, should take the dollar bus down to Buffalo and fly out of Buffalo into Minnesota. It'd probably be a lot cheaper. Yeah, good. I don't know. I probably won't do it, but I just it it's, is it's perfectly. equally as expensive, honestly, because if I were to get a normal ticket for a Blue Jays game in the playoffs, I'm probably spending $250 per ticket. So mm -hmm. if you're buying a pair of tickets, it's 500 bucks. Like it's it's pretty comparable for a seven dollar ticket in the five hundred dollar flight. So, in saying all this, then, and you get to stamp a passport. Yeah. Yep. Sure do. Haven't gone to Minnesota yet. Well, who would want to? Um, now, in saying this, then both of you, like all bias aside, all pessimism, like realistic thought, what do you think this ends up series being? I think Jason three. I'm going to say Blue Jays in two. You think they're, they're, they're pitching? Yeah. Their pitching is too good. Uh, Minnesota's in their head. They can't win these games in the postseason. I feel like because of this pricing and because of the game being a day game, I can totally see half that building being Blue Jays fans. I agree. I, I would, the only thing I would say is I think Jays in three. I do think you have to give some credit to a team like the Twins who have gotten into the playoffs. Any team who gets into the playoffs regardless of how they get in as much as we can shit on the way the Jays got in their playoff team. And I saw, I would say Jays in three as well. Well, let us know what you think the series will be with the blue Jays and the Minnesota twins. We are very excited to start watching some postseason baseball. It's everything we've ever asked for is October baseball in the city. And I can't wait. To well, start we're not watching, even getting so. it in the city. We're getting it in Minnesota. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, fingers crossed they do take care of business in Minnesota. And then uh, it would be the Houston Astros that are coming to Toronto next week. But we'll have to talk about that next week. This week, though, I do need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. 
All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43% off. <laughs> send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off. Oh, close now that, Yeah, close, you get the idea. You know what's happening. Um. We had a lot of football games to talk about. But before we get to the football games that happened in the entire week four schedule, we have to talk about what we picked that was going to happen last week. Remember, not sponsored by FanDuel yet. We have been doing an exercise where we're going to pick a different team every week to be our locked in for sure bet every single week. And I think, um, if memory serves correctly, if you had places parlay, uh, a $5 parlay, you would have won like $3. So the <laughs> $3 could have been yours because the first time this season, all three of us were correct. I picked the Eagles over the Commanders. James getting his that very was- first correct pick of the year, picking the Chiefs over the Jets. And we'll have a lot more to talk about in a moment with that game. And Maddie picked the destruction that was the Cowboys over the Patriots. Were you sweating that Philly game? going to OT. Uh, a little bit yeah <laughs> a little bit don't oh. understand what the hell happened there honestly i i would i was sweating it mostly because i have jalen hurts as my fantasy quarterback and i was like do something you piece of shit <laughs> like up until the third quarter he had done nothing he had like five points it was Granted, it was a rough one i didn't need him this week thank god now uh we will make our picks uh for week five momentarily but first we want to quickly go over some of these uh, games that stood out to us in week four the Lions and Packers was our Thursday nighter. The only one thing I want to say here is that before this game started, a buddy of mine messaged me and said, hey, who are you taking in this game? And I said, I can't see the Lions winning this game. Like the Packers are still the Packers and the Lions can't get it done in Lambeau. And I was wrong. And I'm glad I did not end up betting on that game because the Lions took care of the Packers quite handily, actually. There was also a moment there where a fan was like dumping a beer on Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm like, that's just, you know, good old Green Bay Packer fans. Yeah. Then on Sunday morning, this was the bright and early game at 9.30 a.m. And boy, did I enjoy watching sports on Saturday or excuse me, on Sunday. Just when you get to, I mean, I enjoyed watching sports on Saturday, too. I watched a lot of college football and then the Jays game and then (laughs) and then boxing in the evening. I watched a lot of sports this week. Speaking (laughs) speaking of college football, quick side side note, that Notre Dame Duke game was unreal on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Pretty much anything that's the Pat McAfee game of the week. You just watch that game. Yeah, he knows his shit for college ball, for sure. Yeah. However, this game was interesting, not because it was taking place in Wembley Stadium in London, and not because it was featuring uh, the Tony Khan's Tony Khan's. <laughs> it's because this game was the, I don't know, exa- I think they call it the Toy Story Fun Game or something like that. Nevertheless, it was the game that took place in Andy's bedroom. And I think in Canada to watch this, you had to watch it on TSN Plus. And thankfully, I think the three of us all watched it uh, comfortably on ESPN Plus because we because we're like that. Um, Arr. Arr. <laughs> Arr. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this Toy Story game. I have some thoughts, but I know, James, you've been stewing on a few things on this. So. I, I, I want ju- I, I'm going to be real quick about this because I only caught 
like not the full game in this. Couple of things I loved. It was just it's something different, and I like the NFL tries these different things. The Nickelodeon games is, are cool. This Toy Story game was really cool, and then just like the real integration of it of you know the Slinky Dog was your chains. That was such a cool so idea, cool. Yeah. right? It's just and shit like that. Up placing the ball, like that's just yeah. and the, the make a field goal, it, the, the blocks fall. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't just saying, "Hey, we have this technology to animate these things. Let's animate it." It's also they took it a step further to implement things that made sense in the world of Toy Story. Right. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. I thought it was really cool, and I thought the way they did it and like it looked on the field was great. I know Jim has more of a take because you know he had said something in our Discord that really I think resonated more in the whole purpose of it. Well, I think like. From my perspective, it, it's great to see them make it accessible for a younger audience, like even younger than the Nickelodeon game. So they really stage the age group out, which I think is awesome. The problem I have with it is they put it behind so many fucking paywalls for people. Like, and it was just so hard to access for kids. Like, I get you could possibly watch it on Disney Plus, but like in Canada, it was on fucking TSN Plus. You know what I mean? Like So, yeah, in that situation, I don't think Canada was even like a consideration. I don't think I even saw promos for it on TSM Plus until like a couple days before the game was happening. I bet they had no clues was happening over at TSN. Like on the Pat McAfee show, they were, I think, teeing up the entire week's slate of games on Thursday or something. And McAfee was like, this is happening. This is happening on ESPN. Like we work for ESPN. I don't even know this is happening. <laughs> so... I don't doubt that TSN had no fucking clue this was happening. And then they were told, like, hey, if you want, here it is. And they had the only place they could put it was on TSN Plus. Yeah, I wish I just, they would do more, though. Like, if you're going to try and bring in a younger audience, make it more accessible for people. Yeah. Like, the fact that we had to hunt to find it, like you said, promote it, make a deal out of it, and then make it easy to find. I mean, ESPN has eight fucking channels. You can't just put on one of the normal ones in the morning well, at 930. I, I think it probably made the most sense on ABC. Like yeah. they, it should have sure. been on a major network that was or, easy for or people the to Disney find. Channel. Or yeah, like, like something Disney like XD. that. Something I'm sure there's something within the umbrella of Disney within ESPN, ABC, whatever. Like I'm sure there's something in their portfolio that skews younger to children that would have made sense to place it on there. I, I get you from that perspective. I, yeah. So it was just it was frustrating that I'm like, man, like my kid loved it. She thought it was amazing. But like I had to hunt it down. Yeah, that's that's stupid. I also think like I just hate the whole idea of, you know, you have a subscription to cable or you buy, you know, like TSN to watch it, you know, on your phone or whatever. But now you have to buy an extra subscription to shit. It's, you know, it's like inception for, you know, cable services or channels. It's it's dumb. But yeah, that like like Jim said, is that's what he had messaged in our Discord talking about how much, you know, the kid liked it. And that's that's the key, right? You know, if you get you know, a kid who never really watched football or casually maybe with their parents, and then they have this and they're like, Oh my god, it's like little toys playing on the screen in the game. And it's just it, it's shit other sports can really take a cue from, but they never do. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I agree. I think the NFL in a lot of ways leads the charge of trying to expand their audience. And especially and, not just expand it, say, let's go to Europe. Let's do this. Let's 
start looking grassroots, like let's get kids involved, right? Because what this will do is kids watch this and then say, I want to play. And then they're essentially fostering all the way up through both the actual development of football and also the development of their brand of the NFL because these kids grow up fans and will invest into the NFL as they get older. One of my favorite videos that I saw on Twitter over the week or X, where the fuck there is a guy who was filming his, like they look like toddler children watching this game with him. And he was saying, I, this is like, thank you NFL. Thank you ESPN or whomever. Cause I finally have football back because I mean, you guys can attest to it more than I can. Like when you have a child, sometimes that takes over your television mm-hmm. and all you're doing is watching fucking wiggles and whatever mm-hmm. else. But in this case, I can put this football game on and my kids are watching it. And at the same time, I'm still getting the football content. So that was pretty cool. I liked hearing that perspective because I think that's also part of what this is, is to give dad a reason to still watch or give dad an opportunity to still watch the game while entertaining his kids. Like that's actually a, a perfect scenario. Yeah. And how did she end up like how much of it did she watch, Jim? Well, once I fucking found it, um, she watched the last 10 minutes of the game and she wouldn't let me turn it. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like, I, well, she's, she's already half interested in sports, but yeah. And, and oddly very interested in football, but you're right. There was a sense of like, Oh, I get to still kind of pay attention to this game. You know, I'm checking my fantasy, whatever. And I'm still involved while sharing it with my daughter who doesn't immediately want to get rid of it. Yeah, like she's not checking out being like, oh, it's an adult or it's a dad thing. I don't want to watch it. Granted, though, she like anything you like, she tries. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she does. Which I'm down so, for. She's cool. Yeah. Now I will say Although- that it wasn't, it wasn't all roses, though. Like, I think we have to at least point out that it was epically broken at times. Yeah, like, they figured it out by like near the end of the game for sure. But... The majority of that, like from the stuff that I read online, was like the first quarter and a bit might have been like a rough start for it. Yeah, it's interesting because like I feel like there has to have been an opportunity to like test this, right? <laughs> like there's preseason games, like you don't have to do it over the air, but there should have been like a live environment for you to run. To, and maybe they did. And it just for whatever reason, the traffic really, uh, you know, messed things up. I don't know. I'll have I'm not the IT expert on that, but. There was times where it was a real mess. But again, if they are finding a way to grow the audience, I think that's ultimately what they're trying to do here. The next game on the list that is worth talking about, the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Going into this game, man, everyone was so in on the Dolphins after what they did, after the the assault that they put on the Broncos the week prior, putting up a historic amount of points. And the Bills had looked a little shaky at times this year. Divisional game. Everyone thought, oh man, this is going to be Dolphins, no problem. And they could just not get it going against the Bills. Just, this game was taken over by Josh Allen, and he did not let go. Now, A-Chan, Still managed to get over 100 yards and two touchdowns on eight carries. <laughs> so whoever started him in fantasy still still laughing. I don't know if that's going to keep up, though. Like, if you look at the usage and 
um, like they didn't run the ball enough to make me okay with that. But hey, man, anytime you get 100 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to take it. Stefan Diggs, though. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> there's there's a number of guys this week who were like matchup winners. If you look at HN to a lesser extent, but three touchdowns for Diggs, and you know, maybe we'll get to it a little later on with uh, Christian McCaffrey putting up four. It's just when you get weeks like that, it makes your whole life feel a lot better for the rest of the week. Anything else on the Bills and Dolphins for you guys? I I don't even think it was necessarily the Dolphins still put up some numbers though. That's the thing. It's not even you know like they were truly garbage offensively. It's just the Bills were just a powerhouse all game, and I feel like as the game wears on, that just takes takes your soul from you. You know, if you're the if you're the Dolphins. Yeah, and to be honest, actually, I think this is the best thing that could have happened to the Dolphins. If the Dolphins go yeah. in there and run over the Bills, they don't they don't learn anything about themselves this season, right? And I think if the Dolphins play the Bills, and they get they now they know because I mean these two teams could very well be the teams, you know, that come out of this division, right? So, I I, I think if anything having this as a challenge is something for them to like it's motivation it's in the bag it's it's a it's uh what do they call that like board material bulletin board material bulletin board material yeah so well especially coming off that 70 point win it's a reality check yeah it's just like hey that's not the standard that's not how things are going to be and then to kind of get your lunch served to you like that you're right it's it's great for them to to kind of have that smacking a little bit. Quick sidebar. Um, as we're recording, the Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens are playing a preseason game. Noah Gregor just scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And I really think he's going to make the team now. Oh, yeah. Um, but aside from that, maybe it's just because it's preseason. But when he scored that goal, they're still playing the fucking goal song. And we're going to have another goddamn year of Hall & Oates, aren't we? Probably. Fuck's sake. Well, I was going to say... Uh, Simone Benoit is playing too, which is nice. I don't know what what it's going to take to lose that stupid goal song. The Benoit, the uh, defenseman that they signed from Anaheim, the six foot three, 216 pound dude who just likes to absolutely destroy people. Oh, he was hurt and he hasn't played yet. Oh, Broncos and Bears. That was the game everyone thought would be a nightmare. And ended up being a lot more higher scoring than yeah. I thought it was going to be. Hey, man, Justin Fields, four touchdowns. It's still lost. <laughs> he's, he's back, guys. I think he's back. The yeah. Bears aren't going to win any games, apparently, but he's back. For fantasy I mean, purposes, he's back. I, I would say this, though. that That's more indicative than that their defense can't stop shit. I think it's also indicative that the Broncos are bad. Oh, yeah. Like, that defense on <laughs> in Denver is bad. Oh. Uh, if the Bears are putting up... Uh, four touchdowns on you. That's uh, cause for concern. Also, uh, a team that we thought had a good defense was the Cleveland Browns, and then Lamar Jackson happened. I was not expecting the Baltimore Ravens to put up 28 points on the Browns. And, hey, man, like that for that Ravens defense that had so many injuries that they've had to hold the Browns to three points. Now, I understand Deshaun, um, Deshaun didn't play. There's also times with Deshaun Watson this year throwing the ball fucking backwards. So I don't know what to believe with this Browns team. (laughs) 
Very true. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he thought the tug was behind him. And he's like, it was still the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bengals and Titans. Bengals getting just pumped. Twenty-seven three. Their season's over, dude. The, like, Titans, there's no the point. Titans have no secondary. The 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 scouting report in the game was if the Bengals just throw the ball, they'll be all right. Did you see that uh, interview with Jamar Chase after the game? No, oh, I, I don't want to talk about that, dude. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the question was, but the quote from Chase was, "I'm fucking open. I'm always fucking open." <laughs> it's just that guy is upset that yeah i mean he still didn't have a horrible game he has seven receptions for 73 yards it's not like he was like missing in action right but i guess what he's saying is like hey we're down a lot let's let's feed me yeah. yes why not now, that here's the be... thing. Is, is that more indicative of burrow or the offensive coordinator right because if the play call goes says like yeah jamar chase is your number one receiver but if the play calls for you know t higgins to be getting the ball or you know um like an rpa and you were handing off the ball to Mixon more you know it's just or rpo sorry it's just it just again i don't know if that's on burrow not throwing him the ball or if that's the offensive coordinator's play calling is not getting jamar chase the ball yeah someone who is getting the ball a lot is puka nakua <laughs> who is on track to have one of the greatest seasons in the history of wide receivers. Uh, another game of over 100 yards. He had 163, 163 yards on nine receptions. If you're in a PPR league, you're fucking cleaning up with Puka Nakua, and uh, I am in a PPR league with Puka Nakua, so I'm very happy with that. A touchdown as well for him, first of his uh, career. However, um, I believe next week, Cooper Cup is eligible to come off <laughs> the uh, Finally. the pup, if you will. So we'll see how that goes for the Rams offense. The Rams won that game. Uh, not that anyone gives a shit about the Rams, but we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Cooper Cup comes back if Nakua keeps this up or it's going to... Be. I just see go, two things happening here. Like Either either both get really good looks because you have to defend both. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I mean, Cup's not going to come back and be like, nah, give the ball to that guy. And that guy's not going to be like, hey, give the ball to Cup because... It's all good. He's coming back. This guy gets like a bajillion yards a game. He, he's going to want the ball. Right. They could also just end up having the best passing offense in the league after this. Well, I was going to say, what what this does is you can't double team Cooper Cup mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. if you do, you're leaving Nakua wide open. And then if you double team Nakua thinking that Cup's going to come back slow. Like, don't get me wrong. It's clearly an annoying injury that's lasted long for Cup, but I, I think that he was out longer than he actually needed to be because they did not want to risk their prized wide receiver, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So, Bucks and Saints. Uh, Bucks took care of the Saints quite handily. This was an interesting one just because Jameis Winston was, uh, it looked like he was going to start this game and Derek Carr couldn't. But Carr ended up playing and it didn't matter because the Buccaneers still whooped him. So, <laughs> um, Baker Mayfield, man. I feel like I'm saying it every week. It's not bad. Are you, are you are you both on the Baker bandwagon? I'm I'm just saying like the Bucks are three and one and Baker has been good in every single one of their wins. So if they keep this up, the the Bucks can very easily make the playoffs, especially given that division. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Baker, Commanders Baker and guy? Eagles. 
this game went uh, to overtime somehow. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, it always seems like the Eagles were like, eh, we're going to take the first half off. And then we're going to take the fourth quarter off. <laughs> and so then we'll start playing again in overtime. Jalen Hurts has not lost since 2021. The Eagles are 4 0. Do you know who beat Jalen Hurts last? Is the Jets? Is that where you bring this Washington up? Washington Commanders. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So when this game got so close, I was like, man, this guy just hates this team, probably. But uh, it had no reason to be that close. And. It, I mean, they're still rolling. I mean, you can't, you can't, that team is so well constructed from the O-line out. Like, no wonder Hertz is getting, like, I want, Hertz has the high, does he have the highest passer rating in the league right now? Like, or highest completion percentage? Or he's like top three for a I know for Jared running Goss quarterback. up there, apparently. If I had to guess, it'd probably be Tua Tungabailoa, but I mean, he definitely is in that uh, conversation for sure. And it, it certainly helps me to beat Jay Brown. Who's yeah. making nine receptions for 176 yards and two touchdowns? Just and you goodness. have a run game that's borderline unstoppable right now too. Between and Hertz and Swift, yeah, yeah, like Swift didn't have to run a lot because they were down at points in this game. But every time I, I watch Swift, I feel like this guy just can't be stopped. It just it's, seems like for even for a guy who's not like a traditional or a guy who's a big power back, like you would see with like a Derrick Henry or whatever. He breaks through a lot of tackles, like shocking amount of tackles to get through. And then if he gets open past that, you know, initial line and doesn't get stopped, he's gone. Vikings and Panthers. Uh, interesting one, just because the Vikings uh, finally got their first win of the season. <laughs> they are now one and three. Uh, the Panthers are 0 and four and they are... You know, they're in the conversation now. One of the worst fucking football teams I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> Thielen has been playing his ass off, but uh, fuck Miles Sanders. And if you guys want Miles Sanders, uh, please let me know. And uh, I will uh, organize a trade to make that happen. So, Jamar Chase? Miles Sanders. I will <laughs> gladly give you uh, Miles Sanders for Jamar Chase. I, I would say this, though. Kirk Cousins may go down as having the greatest quarterback season in history with being like, not making the playoffs or having like a sub 500 record. It's possible. Like it's, it's unreal. The numbers he's putting up and they're not winning. And I have him as my backup quarterback for fantasy. And I, some weeks I'm like, I may need to start him over Hertz. Yeah. That's a tough decision you have to make every week. Cause like cousins is putting up significant points every week, but mm -hmm. how do you bench Jalen hurts? Right. That's a, that's a tough yeah. one. Totally understand. Um, this is a game no one gives a shit about the Texans and Steelers. Uh, hilariously, Whoa. that the Texans won this game and they won by a lot. But hang on, I think uh, I don't okay. think that sure. nobody like CJ Stroud, man. Go, I was go, saying, go, go look up CJ. No, go look up CJ Stroud's stats. Oh, I know he had 306 yards and two touchdowns. Like he had a good game. I'm not saying he's had a good listen, season. He has had a good season. Uh, Collins has been great. Um, yeah, the true pickup by me to grab Nico Collins week two. And I started on this game. He got me like 30 points. The Texans have been significantly better this season than I thought they were going to be. I'm just saying on a, as a matchup perspective, it's not the most sexy matchup on the docket when you see no. the Steelers and Texans. But I think, I think there's something to CJ Stroud. I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I think he actually is one of the better quarterbacks that were drafted recently. Uh, Chargers and Raiders. 
the Chargers, okay, they came out with a win with the, <laughs> on this one, but man, they really need Austin Eckler back. I'm going to say this every single week, every single time jo- uh, Josh Kelly touches that football, they miss Austin Eckler. Didn't he go to but the Vikings? Austin Eckler? No, no, that's Cam Akers. Cam Akers. I get those two mixed up all the time. Well, <laughs> one's white and one's black, isn't it? What? Nevertheless. <laughs> They are? <laughs> I mean, I'm not getting into this. Cowboys and Patriots. Well, he's Cowboys absolutely demolish. <laughs> it's the, the Patriots. <laughs> he's cafe latte. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cowboys over the Patriots 38-3. Um, Dak Prescott didn't have to do a whole lot. The Cowboys defense is just the Cowboys defense right now. And, hey, look. This Patriots team... I think I said at the beginning of the year where I'm like, I think the Patriots are the worst team in this division, and I think they're proving it. Because as much as I like to make fun of the Jets, they still have an incredible defense. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, Cardinals 49ers, I I mentioned it off the top. Christian McCaffrey with, uh, I think it was four touchdowns. Yeah, three three rushing, one receiving. (laughs) He's like, let me try something else. I want to catch one for a TD. Just absolute insanity. Another uh, weak winner for sure for Christian McCaffrey. And then the game that everyone was talking about, the Taylor Swift Bowl. And I said it on uh, Twitter as the, I mean, as it started, the news coming out of Taylor Swift arriving at the building. Because we all knew that she was going to be there. It was just like, when she arrived, it was it was a whole thing. And everyone's like, oh my God, Taylor Swift is here. And right behind her is fucking Deadpool and Wolverine. But no one's talking about them. Everyone's like, oh, man, Taylor Swift is here. I don't give a f- like, come on now. <laughs> They're talking that she, this is confirmation that she's Dazzler in Deadpool 3. Oh, man, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. Um, it seems like it seems like a strange pairing of people. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what the social circle is and how all these people know each other. I'm sure there's a reason why they know each other and whatever. She's really good friends with Blake Lively. Okay. Yeah, like, just, I think I think Blake Lively directed or like one of them directed one of her music videos. All right. I mean, it makes sense it, that that tracks. It's just but I, I get it. It's the what I find fascinating is just how much like I can understand outside of football circles, this news taking over and be like Taylor Swift this and blah, blah, blah. She's she's the biggest music act on the planet right now and arguably one of the most famous people on the planet right now. But how much it's taken over football circles is unreal. You know, like there was a betting line of how many times they would show her on the, on the feed. But I jokingly asked my niece that, like, I didn't even know it was a betting line. I just jokingly said to her over and under 10 times. And she said over and ended up being 17. It was, was, I think the line was like 11 and a half. Yeah. It was 17 times. Over under how many times Aaron Rodgers was shown on the feed. (laughs) Okay, he did not look happy. I forgot about that, and thank you for bringing that up. How is this guy walking? I know he has crutches. Darkness retreat, speed break, darkness retreat. Yeah, yeah. Ayahuasca and dolphins fucking. Those are the yeah, yeah. Dolphins fucking. the The sound of dolphins fucking is healing to the human body. Yeah. What a character. He's dude. Now, do you think he has a? Do you think he has his own dolphins? Or is it just like to a fucking Tyreek and that's yeah. what he's like listening to? Yeah, he's just listening to or, Tua and Tyreek going at it. But 
Well, didn't Tyreek this week say that when he's done his NFL career, he wants to go into porn? Yeah, he's like, he, he wants to be a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was streaming on Twitch or something, and he was talking. He's like, yeah, when I'm done, I want to be a porn star. That's amazing. I, now, I don't know if he was joking or not. He he might have been, but it's still kind of funny. But, right. uh, but yeah, there were a couple times he didn't look too happy, but that was early on in the game. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you gotta you gotta look down on that game. You gotta be really proud of what that New York Jets team did from offense to defense. Like D- Dustin, did you watch the game? I was flipping between that and a extremely long AEW pay per view. The drives that Zach Wilson was able to put together, the guys he was finding. Ty Conklin, he was finding in incredible space. Him and Garrett Wilson were connecting. Brees Hall had incredible... Everybody got touches. He was extending drives, rolling out of the pocket, making the type of plays he should. There were a couple fakes that were Aaron Rodgers-esque on the, the play action that bit the camera. There was one where I watched the camera follow Brees, and Zach had the ball. And I was like, holy shit. That was a good I fake. Didn't, I- I didn't see that. All I saw is Brees is a fucking menace. Brees Hall is a menace. And now that I think, you know, they talked about, A, this is a Nathaniel Hackett offense that's built for Aaron Rodgers. It takes time for Zach Wilson to assimilate. And what Chris Collinsworth was saying, it's Chris Collinsworth was calling the game, right? Yeah, with saying, uh, Jim Nance. Yeah, no, not uh, Jim Nance. Um, I mean, it was Jim Nance calling it. I don't remember. No. It, was it, who was the other guy? Fuck it. I forget. The guy was saying that he's right. Zach has arm that can compete with the rest of the guys in the league. Zach has legs that can compete with the rest of the guys in the league. It's really in between the ears. Like he's got to figure it out. And it looked like he figured it out last night. And I like as a Jets fan, I was happy with that loss. A Greg Zerline kick that doesn't hit the goalposts. And that game goes down differently to a shitty fucking holding call on Sauce Gardner. And shitty no holding call on that Mahomes run that he Basically, ran out of bounds at the gave one. Gave him the game. So your comment, your commentators on Sunday Night Football are Chris, Chris Collins and Mike Tirico. No, Al Michaels. No, Al Michaels used to be there. So, uh, Mike Tirico. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure last night was Al Michaels though. No, was it? it was yeah, it was Tirico. Yeah, Michaels has been moved to uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Yeah. So. Yeah. So okay. So what do you think about that? So is it? A lot of people have been saying. And I'm not saying it, but a lot of people have been saying that ever since uh, Taylor Swift has become a thing. And especially if you look at like the NFL's Instagram page and like their bio is like Chiefs are 2-0 and since becoming Swifties. Like they are like that's official NFL Instagram bio leaning into it. the Chiefs are now 2-0 and since becoming Swifties. How much like mm. It's just convenient. Is the tinfoil hat on? You know, it's very convenient that the holding doesn't get called on something that looks significantly like a hold. And then that play down the field didn't even resemble anything that would look like a hold gets called a hold against the Jets. And you're like, huh. Especially a DB receiver interaction that is a thousand times a game. Dude, and probably on the on top three DB in the league right now. Like, that's what I mean. You don't, like, Mike, like, Micah Parsons 
You know, they're like these guys aren't getting those calls. Do you know what I mean? Like these these aren't. It, it was such a rookie call, and I kind of I. I don't like speculating about all that shit because you have to go a really long way to connect the dots there. But like, even with the stuff the other week with the Rams and the 49ers and Vegas making the call because the money was on whatever, like that's a stretch and you have to go really far to get there. Same with the Taylor Swift thing. Like, listen, Travis Kelsey didn't have the greatest of games. They shut Travis Kelsey down pretty good compared to the way he's he's played. You know, it just it's a shitty call. And I know we kind of briefly talked about this, and you said you didn't listen to the whole clip. But after Zach Wilson's game, like, I think he earned a lot of respect from a lot of people. Dude, LeBron James reached out and said, keep going, kid. Great game. Patrick Mahomes gave him his flowers in the post-game interview saying, you know, kid's great, whatever. But can I play you the Rodney Harrison clip? Oh, Before you do that. Did you see that clip on the sideline of at the end of the game where Zach Wilson is like oh, he's, he's sitting with Alan Lazard? And he said, "No, it's somebody else. Who's number five? I think it's the kicker. Whomever." With Dick oh, I, kicker, then I saw a different clip. Yeah, but, but he's on the sideline. He's saying like, "It's my fault. We lost the game." Like, yeah, I he said, "I lost the game. It's my fault, bro." Yeah, Dude, like, that's that heartbreaking. Fucking sucks, man. Yeah, yeah, like you can you can you can hate on or be like annoyed with but when he owns it like that and you see that moment, like that's tough. And that's growth for that kid. Yeah. Right? Like compared to what and so okay. So this is what Rodney Harrison said after the game, and it really fucking bugs me. So I'll play this. Was Zach better tonight than what you anticipated he would be watching him on tape? And you could be honest. Um honestly, yeah. uh, if I'm being completely honest. We knew it was going to be a battle. He's continued to get better week in and week out. And he's continued to lead week in and week out. But watching that tape, man, you got to look at this dude and say, oh, he is garbage. Like, we should we should really tear him apart earlier. Like I said, Zach Wilson is special, man. You just got to give the guy time. You know what I wait, mean? Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Zach Wilson is special? Yeah. I think he had a special night, but I don't think he's special. I've got to prove that over. You're special because you proved it over a course of time. He's not special. I'm just saying, Chris. Hey, listen. I'm just saying. It's it's so bush league, man. I mean, like yeah, I, I get, we how... say things all the time. We're fucking. We have not the audience that ESPN. Right. I also on this podcast said Miles Sanders is a piece of shit. It's like obviously he's not. He's a professional football player. But like I wouldn't say that to another professional football player. Like there would on be a level TV. of Yeah, there'd be a level of decorum and like professionalism when you're conducting an interview with another athlete. Like you wouldn't mad, yeah, that's weird. Mad respect for Chris Jones, man. Yeah, to, pre shout out to Chris Jones because he kept yeah. it classy. And I mean it's it's easy enough. Yeah, actually mad respect to the entire Chiefs team. They all a lot of them actually said great things about you know, and I'm not being biased. I'm a Jets fan. As as we watch with that again, I keep saying we watch what that kid's gone through: injuries, personal life problems, people shitting on him, the the, the city booing him. You're a second overall pick. Aaron Rodgers comes like, dude, to to come through and start, dude. The last from that drive in the Patriots, where it was like 85 yards and like 400 plays, <laughs> it felt like. Up until now, he's been really, really good. And I know that's a very small sample size, but I think it is showing growth within the system. And to have Rodney Harrison, who, you know, in his own right was a great football player, to go out there and say stuff like that on a national audience, like Maddie said, to another football player, 
Or did you say that? I forget. I think it was you, Dustin. Maybe it was you. It was Dustin. It's, you know, again, just class act all the way. And and you can clearly see that the sports world is, uh, it's kind of standing up for Zach because it was kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Rodney Harrison apologized today. I have no idea. But if like, honestly, that, that's, that to me says like, people are like, yo, what you said was whatever. He still thinks it like, it's one of those cases where if no one says anything, he doesn't apologize about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Rodney Harrison apparently did apologize. He reached out to the Jets Monday morning to apologize to Wilson for his comments. Yeah, Soleil was talking about it today. So here's my thing. Go back on TV. Go back on TV and walk your words back then. Don't. Oh, he might. Like, he may not be. Like, I don't know what his next opportunity to be on the air is. So that I may say, be a thing. I will say this: Micah Parsons came out and he says, honestly, he's like, I don't understand the media. This platform should be a moment of praise for the Chiefs win. And he's like, this guy is trying to completely, or this guy is trying to completely try. Oh, he mistyped. Tear Zach Wilson down. I don't get it. I hope Zach proves a lot of these people wrong. And like, that's arguably one of the best defensive players in the league. You know, kind of supporting a guy that he doesn't really have any skin in the game with, you know? Yeah, it's a good point. Like, I don't know why you're asking him about Zach Wilson. Like, I get that he played against him, but at the same time, it's, we should be talking about the Chiefs and not, in that, in that situation, in that interview, it's like, we should be talking about the Chiefs and not Zach Wilson. Right. But speaking of the Chiefs, I just put $5 on them to win the Super Bowl because I'm wearing the tinfoil hat. And I think this whole Taylor Swift thing is going to result in a Super Bowl. Unless they break up before then, in which case it would be a hilarious uh, downturn of events that and I can't wait to she dates Zach Wilson and the... And the <laughs> well, so continue on uh, Michael Parsons. She's a little too young for Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, he meant Zach Wilson likes moms. Yes. No, no, um, and Aaron Rodgers uh, has dated a lot of young women. Oh, that's true. But like to continue on the Micah Parsons thing, this wasn't just like a one little clip thing. Like he went on a full video online today and he was like, you can sit here and say, you look at tape, he's garbage. Like you can say he's not in Mahomes' tier. He's like, but you can't say he's not a good quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's like, I hope you win. I hope you grow into the player that no one thinks you can grow into, bro, because there's a lot of people out there hating on you. He's like, he's human. We don't use our platform to degrade other players. That's not what we do. We use our platform to uplift people. Everyone in this world just needs someone to believe in them. Like that pre again, pre shout out to Micah Parsons because he could have just easily one lined it and been like, that's golly man, Zach, just keep your head up kind of thing. You didn't have to go in and spend any time on it. Dude, so, and we like we say things, but like most of them are in jest. Like that guy was dead serious. Yeah. Talking to Chris like, Jones. He was like, trying to bait Chris Jones into being like, Yeah, Zach Wilson's trash. Right. And which you would like, never do day, as an athlete. No. We all say like we, Unless you're Richard Sherman. things under the pretense <laughs> that we know that these are professional players and they're all really, really good. Right? You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm just laughing about that clip from remember Richard Sherman? Like, that's what happens, you put a sorry ass receiver like Crabtree on me. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. But like But that's, that's trash talk. That's trash talk, and it was tame in comparison to like calling the guy like garbage. Well, like, here's so. the other thing because Ronnie Harrison played the game, right? Like you would think that he's part of the fraternity. Like I can see this from a guy that never played 
or I can see this from a media member that, you know, is just, you know, on a panel or something like that and hosting and says something like that. But from a guy who's part of the fraternity, like that's, I don't know, that's such a bad look. Like that's very backstabby to me, you know? Looking ahead to week five, do you guys have an idea who you want to pick or should I just quickly run through some of the interesting games to build a parlay before I do that? Oh, I definitely know who I'm taking this week. All right, Matty, you go first then. Who are you taking this week? Uh, Chiefs over Vikings. Chiefs over Vikings. I'm just scrolling down on my list of where that game is. There it is. Chiefs are in Minnesota, and of course, they are favored. They are a five and a half point favored, uh, favorite in that game. And of course, as of right now, they are still Swifties, so you got to believe that they will win that game. James. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, have I taken the Jets yet? You have not taken the Jets yet. Over the Broncos? You know what? Coming off all that shit, Jets over the Broncos. And Zach Wilson's going to have hey, another game. Also, Zach Wil- oh. I want to say, Zach Wilson was the better quarterback on Sunday. Statistically. Yeah, he, put up, he put up better numbers, that's for sure. The Jets are uh, two and a half point dogs in that game in Denver. There's some value right there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say value. Value village. We'll we'll go over all our value picks in a moment and perhaps build a parlay. But um, actually, I should be clicking on these as I go. So you said the Jets and Maddie, you said the Chiefs. And I am going with the Detroit Lions at home over the Carolina Panthers, who I just badmouthed. In our in the last segment of how horrendous the Panthers are this year, they're going to put up thirty five on the Lions. Watch, they are going to put up a ton of points on Carolina. Um, if you throw five bucks down on that parlay, it's going to earn you thirteen fifty. Hey, it's more than double. That's not bad. I actually, I, was, I would hit uh, place bet right now if um, I actually believe James about the Jets winning that game. But you know what? I kind of do. You know what? I'm placing it. <laughs> I'm placing the bet. And we'll Are talk about it next legal? week. Can you bet live? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you don't sure, know if I can get it or not. People not do it on uh, people. That's true. We're not like prognosticating or, or not prognosticating. We're not advertising ourselves as, you know, a betting form. We're just saying, hey, we like to do this. It's fun for us. This is what Dustin's deciding to do this week with his hard earned money. Not sponsored by FanDuel, but if you uh, do want to sponsor, uh, please reach out. Yeah, um, if you want to disp- sponsor us, degenerates. I mean, you don't even really have to pay us. Just put your name to us, and we're good. <laughs> uh, just rolling through the games of anything that jumps out at you as value, you let me know. Um, the I'll tell first you, one is going to hold. I'm on. looking at any time <laughs> touchdown scores across the board. I'm looking at 49ers with CMC. I'm looking at the Dolphins with uh, Achane. I'm looking at the Lions with Achan. Montgomery. God damn it. Whatever. I'm, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at all these dudes. Using like 4chan, but A-chan. 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 4chan. A-chan. I'm looking at all these games with these touch with these guys who score touchdowns every game. That's what I'm looking at. Anytime touchdown scores. I do like Montgomery yeah. for a touchdown this week. Yeah, me too. But so which game were you thinking is their their value pick there, Dustin? Because I know we already touched on the Jets and Broncos one be, with the Jets being two and a half underdog bears and commanders bears are dogs by seven i feel like it's going to be tighter than that because i don't believe in the commanders but it's in washington that defense so is surprisingly good uh actual value so that one's like speculative uh, whether that's value or not here's actual value though 
Pat Saints. Um, the Bills and Jags. Bills are favored by five and a half. They're going to win that game by 20. Yeah, so they're going to. Yeah, I like lunch. I like that one. Um, I, that might be it this week, except the uh, the game we talked about re- uh, earlier with the Jets and the Broncos, where the Jets are currently two and a half point dogs. I, w- I personally like after the showing last week, Texans over Falcons. I was going to say Stru- one and a half, you know, dogs to the to the Falcons. That's not bad. Yeah, at that point, it's pretty much a pick them. And yeah, the Falcons looked rough. Now, yes. I know it, it was in uh, Wembley or uh, Andy's bedroom, depending on what feed you watched. So it's not exactly a home game. But yeah, I mean, and then, the Texans have looked a lot better. And then I'd add the Packers over the Raiders. Another pick them, but like, I think the Packers are just, they're just a better team. The Raiders, oh boy. Like with some of the decisions of Josh McDaniel, like, like it's so... The cards are only three point three point dogs to the Bengals. I mean, yeah. the, the, so actually, this might be a the big Bengals have to Valley win a game. Yeah, do, they have like, to win. Do, do they have to? And I, I'm I'm not. Well, they have they have won a game already. They're one and three. Are they? Did they win? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they beat won the Rams. <laughs> yeah, which makes I no mean, sense. But no, but I I would say. If there was a game that you would pick them to win and have their coming out game for the season, you would have hoped it would have been against the Ravens and then they followed up this week, but then they get hammered. You think that with how pissed off that team probably is, I just, I think they lay a beating on the Cardinals. Actually, that's they a lie. Are- they, they, they lost to the Ravens. It was the week after I'm thinking of. It was the uh, Rams that they beat. Ah. Uh. Which is a good defensive team, right? You know, so it's not like they beat a slum, like some kind of slouch of a team. But I mean, I can see them by at least two touchdowns over the cards. No. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can see it because the Cardinals are bad, but so of the so so are the, the Bengals have been. Yeah. <laughs> so there could be uh, there could be a nice little build though there for a couple pick the games and you know a couple anytime touchdown scores for like a seven legger to get you a couple hundy oh those are my favorite those oh the ones where you put a dollar down you could potentially win like forty thousand yeah. dollars those are my favorites oh the that's gym every week the prelay? <laughs> 18 leg parlay for no one dollar it's called the prelay. <laughs> honestly so for context, Jim, myself, and my cousin, uh, shout out to our cousin Ed. Uh, we're in like a group chat that we like just talk like sports betting and like sports cards, collectibles, and like different shit like that. You should see the screenshots we send each other every week. It's like each of us have like six different parlays going, and yeah, we're all like, like six or seven legs. Yeah, like dude, I, all... oh, I didn't tell I didn't tell you about my one the other week, where no. dude. I just needed DeAndre Swift to score a touchdown, and I would have had thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and he didn't he score a touchdown. Too. The one week he decides not to score a touchdown is the one week that would have gotten you like fifteen hundred. Yeah, I was like six out of seven on my parlay. That was like the Super Bowl where Jalen Hurts. All he had to do was throw one more passing TD, but the dude wanted to run everything in himself, and I would have won like twenty eight hundred. I was so angry, yeah. but um, bad beats. He, we have like it goes like our long shot parlays that we do where it's like 
nine legs of anytime touchdown scores and over under yardages where it's like five bucks and you win like six grand. Right. But then we have like our realistic ones, which are like $10 that when you account like 250, 300, where it's like and nobody's won. Real, yeah. <laughs> but like you miss out on like one of the, like the six legs where yeah. it's like Jim said, DeAndre Swift doesn't run one in. And then for me, Hertz doesn't do what he's supposed to. So no, it's fun. Well, from American football to Canadian football, there was. <laughs> womp womp. A interesting piece of note, because the 110th Grey Cup is going to be happening before you know it. In November, like mid-November, it's going to be the Grey Cup. And it's going to take place in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field. And the halftime performer is going to be Green Day. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, And I was thinking in my, to myself, like, how many times has that happened where... It's been like a major, major, major like because Green Day's a big deal. Like that's not like it's you a big up. Dead. Yeah, and sometimes I always think like Grey Cup. Oh, it's gonna be like fucking monster truck that's gonna play at halftime. Like they're a Hamilton band. Like that makes sense. Like Brian Adams, right? It's, it's gonna be something like that. A Canadian band that no one's ever heard of unless you are in Canada. The Trues. Well, so I was looking Sam back Robert. in previous years, but then I'm Sam looking Robert. back in previous years, I'm like. Well, they actually do have like really good performers at the Great Cup. Like, in I, recent, I guess memory, I yeah. never, yeah, they like, have. I just never really pay attention to the uh, CFL football. But like last year, to me, okay, and I know there may be someone who's like, "What are you talking about?" But Florida, to me, it was a, it was a bunch of J Brones. It was Tyler Hubbard, Jordan Davis, and Josh Ross. I don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. Um, as I hover over them, it says Tyler Reed oh! Hubbard is an American singer, songwriter, <laughs> musician, best known for members of the Nashville duo Florida Georgia Line. OK, that makes sense now. Oh! So it's a dude from Florida Georgia Line. So, I mean, at, the, at one point, Florida Georgia Line was a pretty big deal. Like that song Cruise was like on every fucking radio station on the planet. I have no idea what song you're talking about. Oh, you know, the song. trust me. No, I swear to God, I don't. Uh, I think you do. Anyways, we'll, we'll discuss later. Um, the Arkells played before that. Um, I I don't care about the Arkells, but but they're a Canadian band and people seem to like them. Yeah. Kyle Dubas does. Yeah, yeah. They're. <laughs> I mean, I'm not no disrespect to them. I'm saying like they're not my thing. The year before that was Keith Urban. Like that's a big name. Like that's not like that it's a, a, a random name. nobody. Um, the year before that was Alessia Cara, and I have no idea who that is. Canadian. It says us. Uh, very popular. Canadian singers. <laughs> I feel like all the ones where I'm like, I don't know who that is. It might end up being a random Canadian person. And then the year before that, I'm not going to go through all these, I swear, uh, was Shania Twain, which was a huge star. Oh, yeah. and obviously, she's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> not gonna, yo, side note on Shania Twain. She still looks good, man. Of course. Good docs. If, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have the list in front of you of all like the previous Grey Cup What's the uh, most dirt worst? Pick, pick the most dirt worst. Well, I was going to say the one that I would like to have seen the most if I was live. I was going to go the opposite direction. of. Okay, like, wait, let me check. Who oh, where's I this list? Actually I actually would want to see. I'll just drop it into... Uh, Yo, they had the Black IPs in 2005. That's pretty well, like, big. That's what I'm saying. Like They actually have had a solid... So I'm just looking back. Like Obviously, we can go back. Uh, I don't know if you even had it further back to 1990. Like The list that I'm looking at has it from 1990 huh. and on. Um, Dude, Celine Dion? Right. Bur like, and like Bernie Brian Adams? Adams was in there one year. 
Like I, I feel like Black Eyed Peas didn't Black Eyed Peas also do the Super Bowl as well? <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah, probably. We were like some fucking Canadian guy. I was like Brian Adams, and Matt goes Sam Roberts. They performed together in two thousand three. Okay, the one that Theory of a Dead Man's so terrible. Okay, so looking at this list, and I feel like if I say who's the dirt worst, it's gonna be someone like I don't even know. Like I'm like, okay, I don't really. Oh, just a fucking follow boy. Yeah, I remember. The question is, the question is, of all the performers thus far, who would you like to see again? Or who do you want to say? Who do you see? Okay, I would like to have been at that Great Cup to have seen that performance. So, I mean, so as like a fan of the band already would be follow boy but yeah. like as just someone who's you know likes to be entertained because like i will say this i was pleasantly surprised oddly enough follow boy again i'm fairly close-minded when it comes to music it's either like orchestra like orchestral type like epic music or piano or you know the typical stuff that i listen to which is like coheed ice nine kills shit like that jim and me went to see follow boy and Wiz Khalifa opened for them. And he knows how to put on a show. Like that dude, I like we turned to each other like, this is actually pretty awesome. But in saying that, uh, the hip would have been cool. Uh, I would have to go with Guess Who. I saw Guess Who at the Toronto Rocks concert. And they were so much better than any of the other bands that played. Them and Rush. Um, I'm surprised Rush hasn't yeah. done a halftime show um i think they're like retired though that's why no but like in some of these other years um mm, yeah true but uh i would have seen guess who i think or of course i follow boy i'm gonna guess that just uh, dustin would say nickelback uh, hell yeah i'm gonna say nickelback Are you kidding me <laughs> like like because they played burn it to the ground <laughs> and they burn it to the ground that would be fucking inc- incredible okay i don't care what anyone says <laughs> you, there's there's two types of people out there and i'm stealing this from eric johnson shout out eric johnson comedian uh in Stop the toronto it. area get some help i believe it was eric who posted this uh, on social media recently he's like there's two types of people out there there's people who like nickelback and there's liars all right <laughs> No, legitimately, I do not like nickel. Like I, I really don't. I was. I thought you were gonna say there's two people that like Nickelback. It's kind of like people who like Nickelback are 45 year old women over the weight of 555 pounds. I uh, I like Creed ironically now because they're in all the memes and it makes me laugh. Hello, my friend. Oh, come on now. If someone turns on that Human Clay album, you're fucking singing every single one of those songs. No, when my sacrifice like comes on, you are going to jump off your couch in a swanton bomb through a table because you know all those desire videos, okay? My sacrifice. The best, uh, their actual first album was really good. Um, the actual best desire video, I thought, was the Lost Prophets rooftops for Jeff Hardy. Um, yeah. Problem is, the Lost Prophets guy literally had sex with babies and is now in jail forever yeah well yeah. jacob headley performed at the gray cup halftime yeah. with headley we'll and now he's ever a... again no no yeah, he'll be doing different, performance really good song, in, yeah. different performance in prison he's gonna be holding someone's pocket that's yeah. for sure but yeah the last pro if you've never do you remember that one dustin the desire video i don't doesn't ring a bell i'm sure if i saw it i would know exactly what you're talking about that was the one where that's you always said this, and that was the video that convinced me that they WWE at the time might be the best montage creators in terms of like 
music and videos and stuff like that together. That's the one that convinced me. It, it was so good. And I remember yeah. it was Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. The video was so good that I'm was. 100%. And that's not a desire video if Randy Orton was in it. No, he wasn't in it. He, it was the championship match. They made the video leading into Jeff Hardy challenging Randy Orton. Right, right. What I'm saying is like those desire videos, and maybe they did one later on, but like, but I think when I think desire videos, I think of 2001 WWF, like the invasion just ended, and here's the collage of moments. It might have been desire. Oh, it was a desire type video. Um, Okay. There we go. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, it convinced me that he was going to beat Randy Orton. And spoiler, he did not. But no, of course not. It was a cool video. I'll send it to you after. I All just right. dropped it into the thing. Um, now, it's a little sidebar because, like, obviously, Lost Profits, and then, you know, another band that I truly enjoyed, although I feel uncomfortable now listening to is brand new. What's the vibe on, like, still enjoying a band's music after the lead singer or a member's been caught I, something I, really heinous? I know. I know what you mean. It's tough because there's. This is to a lesser extent. The guy just seems like a total fucking weirdo is the guy from Trapped. And oh, he's a huge Trumper. Well, I mean, that's not the issue. The issue is that like he just seems like a, anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anytime a trap song comes on, like Headstrong was a huge track. Everyone listened to. Everyone knows the fucking words to that song. And well, I, I had it, that album. And and there, was other, there was other deeper tracks on the album that were really good. And now I'm, I just feel weird listening to it. So I just don't. Um, so I, that's where I am with, at with it, where like lost profits as well. Last train home was an awesome song. Yeah. A banger. I just don't do it. Cause the I, problem is now, like if you own the CD and grab the CD and put it in your, I don't know, your Xbox series X and listen to it, probably not a big deal. But every time you stream something on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Music, there is money going to the artist. Like it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny that Arr. goes to the artist per stream. Arr. Arr. Unless you are <laughs> Taylor Swift, in which case you probably get a much better deal. Oh, yeah. But um, I just feel grimy yeah. listening to it now. Like there's certain when guys go to like jail for that, like I can't. Like I you know, what? I, like my head starts going to certain lyrics. I'm like, is he like doing weird shit in his lyrics? That he's like a joke to himself where he's like, this is what I'm into. And like, I'm like listening to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because they it was like the same song. thing with. The, yeah, it's the same thing with the with brand new. Right. Yeah. And it's and then also wasn't it red jumpsuit apparatus as well? No, they're OK. OK. Anyway, <laughs> as far as we know, they have not been canceled yet. Yeah, no, not, not yet. yet. But yeah, and I, I, the one thing I will say, I never like Jacob Headley. He always looked like a fuck to me anyway. So fuck him. He's garbage. You ever watch the tape? That man's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Something that I don't know is garbage or not, because I haven't had a chance to try it yet because we're up here in Canada on our block of ice, uh, is Feastables Chocolate. But I do watch a lot of Mr. Beast videos on YouTube. I don't know if you guys are... No, in I'm on not the a, Mr. Beast. Stuff. I'm not a Mr. Beast guy. I, I I've seen him referenced in like other people talk about his videos, so I see clips of the videos, but I don't watch his exclusively. Uh, to me, he's like one of the OG YouTubers. If you think of like the guys who really started making money on the platform before anyone else did, and 
Jimmy is a guy who has made a lot of money and given away a lot of money. Now, you can argue is like, well, he gives away money and then he films it. And, you know, is it that altruistic if you're like filming it? But like he's earning more money from those videos and then giving that away. Like he's he seems from every indication that I have. To be a really cool dude. And he's making a shit ton of money, like an obscene amount of money and just fucking gives it away to people who, who need it. Like it's just and then there's times where like he'll take that money and do like the most ridiculous YouTube video you'll ever see. Like, have you, I don't know if you've seen something. a Squid Games one. Yeah. Yeah. And the Squid Games one, I'm pretty sure was like the template of them making this new season of Squid Games. Like, I don't know if you've seen those promos for like the next Squid Game on Netflix, but it's basically the Mr. Beast video, but officially done by the Squid Games people. <laughs> Insane. So anyways, the reason why we're talking about Mr. Beast uh, is because this is the first time we have seen an influencer a YouTuber, someone of this generation of entertainment, be a part of professional sports in a sense that Feastables, his brand of chocolates, is going to be the jersey sponsor for this coming season on the Charlotte Hornets. Honestly, it looks cool as shit because it's it's a fun logo and it's the same color as the Hornets, so it just works well. And I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather have a Mr. Beast logo on my jersey than uh, Texas's milk. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's more with the times, yeah. Right, and it's kind. Of, if you think about it, it's it's kind of brilliant because you know milk is just it's fucking milk. It's on your jersey, but like you can do things with feastables because then not only or is he sponsoring the team with the logo on the jersey, but he can do things in videos to promote your team or people on the team. Yeah, how right? far does that partnership go, right? Exactly. That's why as much as like I'm not, I'm more in line with Logan Paul now. And KSI I've always found funny with the side men and shit like that. Like if it's always, it's always been good. But I think what they've done with Prime is absolutely brilliant. Like I can maybe not agree or whatever. Like Logan Paul's grown a lot since, you know, the forest in Japan, right? So um, I do think he's become better and I think he's kind of mellowed out a bit and I can respect what they've done. But I think that is the new standard of, or that is the 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 book you follow is what him and KSI have done with Prime. I'm I should probably rephrase what I, once I probably should rephrase what I said. I said this the first time an influencer has done this in professional sports. That's not true because as Maddie brings up, that's Prime Energy with Logan Ball and KSI. This would be the first time this has happened with an influencer and the NBA. Yeah. I'm more interested, like, th- that's different, though. Like, you're thinking about, you're talking about the UFC partnership for Logan Paul and yes. Prime, right? That's different, though, because that's a a beverage in a space where there's traditional sponsors in that space. Like, it, it doesn't look out of place. This looks out of place because an influencer is on the uniform. And I think that that's a really different space to be in because you think about uniform sponsorships whether it's here or even in europe or wherever i mean 99.9 repeated percent of the time it goes to these big conglomerate you know publicly traded companies this is a guy who who does videos has a shit ton of money and has a bunch of side businesses and chose one of those side businesses to go on a jersey like it could have been beast burger it could have been anything that he does right so I in my head I think, man, I wonder who looks at this and says, 
like I got next. You know, like what who like what other influencer is going like does fucking Doctor Disrespect put himself on a on the Golden State Warriors jerseys or right? or Niners or like something at the NFL, right? Or I wouldn't be surprised if Prime does something with a team or like right? Tim Tim with his Dallas Cowboys partnership. Like how far does that go, right? Like oh, like that's the complexity gaming, yeah, yeah, or. I don't know who's the, who, I don't even know other influencers because I'm not that dialed in, but that's what XQC, I think yeah, the juicer. You know, those are all gaming ones, but I'm sure there's other social ones. You know, when when does a Kardashian yeah. with clothing put her stuff on somewhere? Like when does Kim Kardashian do skims on some teams like jersey oh, yeah. or helmet or whatever? Right? No, I agree. I do think it is the future in terms of. Because it's not just we're paying you to put our logo on a jersey, right? It's he's Does paying it, to put the logo on the jersey, but then say, but we can also grow the team in terms of awareness and popularity. But I mean, there's also an interactive element, I think is what I'm getting at, that you don't get with yeah. companies. Like there's a face, there's a, a personality, there's a person. It's very, it's, I don't know. It's just, it. it's just, it's a different look. And I'm kind of cool with it. I just want to know what the next level of that looks like yeah it's a different vibe because like i'm just using that as an example because this is the game i have on in front of my face right now i'm looking at the maple leafs and the montreal canadians play a game and it's milk and rbc like it's a fucking you know cereal bank. additive and a bank and whereas on the other side charlotte's rocking the mr beast logo and it's like oh that's that's it's fun a guy that's different it's it's a guy. You're right. I mean, it's it, it is, but it isn't. Like it's the beast. Feastables, fine, but like yes, it is so representative of Mr. Beast himself. Um, I think it all kind of ties together with similar things we've been talking about in this episode. Is reaching a different audience. Whereas with the Kansas City Chiefs, it's their football numbers for females. Eighteen thirty four has fucking skyrocketed for Sunday Night Football. Dude, mm-hmm. the best selling book in America is Football for Dummies. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, the no, thing is. too is they, they uh, sold more real. tickets yeah. in the Chiefs sold more tickets in one day than they did at before the season even started. And then earlier in the show, we we're talking about the Toy Story game and how that demographic of twelve and under is going to skyrocket for the NFL if they continue to do these type of things. For the NBA, I guarantee you, there's going to be an entire subsect of people who never watch sports who are just Mr. Beast people. Now Charlotte and Hornets fans. They are all going to be walking around with Charlotte Hornets jerseys. With Beast and a number on the back, probably. Yeah. But I would say this. This also brings inherently more risk. Because, you know, when your RBC is a corporation, you've got legions of people who mm. keep your corporate image in line. When it's a guy, all it takes is one fuck up, right? Like you're the brand association and comes with a higher risk when doing this so i think while we will see it more i think what has to happen for teams is to do their due diligence and work in certain agreements of similar to like what players have with contracts with the sponsors of these influencers if it grows from here and whatever of like morality clauses to say if you fuck up you owe us x amount of money or whatever because I think there's more risk to this, as I said, than an RBC or a Milk or a Rakuten. Yeah. 
last topic on the list. There was uh, something that happened last night as we're recording that was rumored for a little while, and I don't know how much I believed it until probably Saturday afternoon when it sounded like, okay, this is actually happening. And then it did end up happening on Sunday night. And of course, I'm talking about Adam Edge Copeland, the legend, um, the the rogue, I think is the other thing that he uh, trademarked. The rated R superstar has debuted with All Elite Wrestling, which is a big deal just because like his entire professional wrestling career, for the most part, beyond like when he started in the Ontario indie scene, like when he, when he got signed by the WWF in like 1998 or whatever it was, or uh, late 97, he's been there since. Now, there was a, a retirement in the middle there when he broke his neck, but ever, he's been a WWEF guy his entire career, essentially. But now popping up on AEW, and it's uh, it's it was cool in a sense of like they got his music. And it's funny, it was like, I feel like WWE now is like, fuck it. No one is ever getting licensed music ever again because AEW is doing it with CM Punk and they did it with, uh, I mean, Brian Danielson was a different situation, I guess. But now with Edge and they're just using the same music they used on the other channel, which typically doesn't happen. Like, that's actually a, a fun trivia question of like, how many guys have used the same music from company to company? The list is much larger now with AEW just spending as much money as they want to spend. But before, I think like our truth was the only answer. The guy who like used it in TNA and WWE the same entrance music because that's because it was his song and he owned it. Um, James, what are your thoughts on this? Maddie, feel free to jump in as well. I just personally think it's cool to see him and Christian back together. There you go. In the same room. and apparently that's what his daughter said to him. Yeah, it's like I want you to go, Jay. go play with Uncle Jay for a little while. Well, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, my theory on this from like a. And like an analyst's perspective is that it's kind of the same thing like for WWE as the Lightning and the Steven Stamkos thing where they're not giving him a contract because he probably wants too much money for the return they're going to get from him. Like what more could WWE do with Edge for X amount of dollars, right? Other than block and tackle AEW from taking him. And if you firmly believe you're the superior company, it doesn't rest on the back of making sure Edge doesn't go. Like that's, if that's, the issue, then you have bigger problems. So I think for them, it's like, you know, it has been a great run. We thank you for your time. But like, there's literally nothing more they could do with him. Like, what more would you do with Edge and WWE? The guy made invented WrestleManias with Undertaker. Like, you, I can't. I, I, look at, I look at that roster. I can't think of anything. What, a program with Austin Theory? Sure. Maybe. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny because as I was thinking about it last night, I was posing that question to myself. I'm like, I don't know, fucking Austin Theory. <laughs> like, right. I said kind of the same thing. Yeah. And no disrespect to Austin Theory. I think he's a great talent. It's just it doesn't it doesn't have the marquee uh, right now at this so, moment. So then I watched the debut and I'm like, as soon as it happens, I, I dig the video, although it doesn't. It's weird because it nothing about it screamed Edge except for the rated R on the street, right? Um, so when I saw it, I'm like, this is edge, but like, I would not know that this was edge. (laughs) Like, you know, I didn't know he likes cars like that. And like, there's just a nice car with Mexican music. Like, okay, sure. It's like, uh, mariachi's playing. Sure. But I guess it's supposed to be like a grindhouse, like a drive-in type thing. Cause like rated R movie, whatever. I get it. Feature presentation. 
Um, comes out, huge pop, cool moment. Metalingus, it's like he said in the post show conference, that song goes where I go. He wants to work every week, real cool. Wants to be there, help elevate guys, real cool. He comes out and he's he's in the like he's in the ring with 18 year old Nick Wayne. Who listen, Nick Wayne probably a phenom. No idea why I should care about this guy because he's still like he's just kind of a nobody. Like he's a nobody who's really good, right? Luchasaurus, who I give zero shits about. Like I'm sorry, um, Christian, who there's a history there, sure. And then Darby Allen, who they've never interacted in their entire life, and Sting, who's 108 years old. And I don't actively want to see in there. And then he goes and shakes Sting's hand. Like, it's just all super fucking weird at that point. Like, there's no point to what happened. And I know he can come out Wednesday and be like, listen, I came back because I want to do this. And I saw my best friend and I couldn't watch him do that. And now I'm here to whatever, blah, 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 whatever. It's just fucking weird. What The best performance out of all of this was Christian's post-show conference. He was so yes. good. So yes. good. Is he was I surprised? Yes. Do I care? No. Right? I made this title. Like, I'm the best. I main evented. Like it was just so good. His entire post show conference was fantastic. There's a moment there where it's like, okay, so quite next question. Hi, uh, Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer. And he's like, Oh great, a fucking mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, right? Yeah, Christian is awesome. Um I, I'm I'm with you, James, where I'm like Okay, it's cool that Edge is back, or uh, back, Edge is there. Because Edge was like, so when Edge came back to wrestling, he just got fucked by COVID. Like, he had that amazing pop at the Rumble, like no one knew he was coming back from his retirement, and he comes out in the Rumble, and everyone loses their mind, and they cut the camera on his spear for whatever reason, but whatever the case, like he had an awesome comeback there. But then, you know, COVID hit, and it derailed all the plans, and then... Then they like start to re the restart him a bit with the Judgment Day thing, and then Cody got hurt, so they needed another babyface. So Edge had to leave the Judgment Day that he created, even though their entrance music is Alter Bridge. I'm like, this is just this thing is just snake bit from the beginning. So I get it from his perspective of like, oh look, I came back, we had all these plans, it didn't work out. I still got a WrestleMania match against Roman Reigns and uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, you can't take that away from him. There's not much left for him to do there. But if you look over on the other channel, I can work with Christian. That's cool. And they yeah. could, and like, there's there's all sorts of things that he can do in uh, AEW. I can understand why he wants to go. But man, I would have done it differently. I would, dude. So I would have had him go dude. in and clean house of the good guys first, and then clean house okay. of the bad guys, and be like, so I'm my own fucking. Before dude. we, before we even get to that, first of all, I would have. Done. It depends on what they're allowed to have done, like his contract situation. Like I know his contract probably ended like September 29th or 30th or whatever, and his like he showed up in AEW October 1st. So Lex Luger, maybe there is an issue there with a puppy of like shirt. promoting Mall of America. Yeah, so like maybe there's there's something there where like they couldn't say Edge is going to be here on Sunday, but they did it with Punk, where they said, "Hey, we're doing." The United Center, uh, the biggest building in Chicago that we could do, and we're calling it but the second did, coming. They did do and the, that, though. With Edge? Yes. Leading up to this pay-per-view? Yes. 
No, I don't think they did. Putting Christian in the fucking main event? But no one knew Christian was in the main event until the like the show started. Okay, I okay, I see what you're saying there. Yes, okay. You see, like, so what I'm saying is, but they hyped so, that no, up right. the like, entire show. So what I'm like, I'm what if you know he's coming in, and you probably knew he was coming in two months ago. For the past month, it should have been, hey, this is the main event: Christian versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen's in his hometown. Christian is whatever, whatever. And then you get to a point where it's, hey. Uh, we're going to have a rated R match in the main event or whatever. I don't, however it is, you strongly hint that edge is going to be there because instead of him coming out and doing his entrance in front of 6,000 people in a 19,000 seat building, you'd have 19,000 people in there losing their fucking mind. That's what I was trying to sell the pay-per-view halfway through the show. He was tweeting out still time to buy like, that's see and exactly and i also wouldn't have said okay and edge is going to make his debut on dynamite against a fucking dinosaur what what are we doing you i know edge wants to work every week but you need to build now to a pay-per-view where you see edge for the first time you don't get to see him for the first time on dynamite he can come out and cut a promo he can come out and have some sort of altercation with christian and you set up a match with them later on Oh, it's but he shouldn't be wrestling man. Luchasaurus. That's going to be so fucking weird. Dude, think about that six-man. It's it like... If you think about it, Nick Wayne's 18. Luchasaurus, no way. There's two geriatrics on the other side with Darby Allen. Like, Edge can still go, but, like, that's a really weird fucking dynamic between... Like, half yeah. these guys are over 50. And, and here's, here's one more thing. And this is not necessarily picking on Edge or picking on anyone else. But this is a, a wrestling-wide thing that needs to stop, okay? And I get it. You want to have the metalingus thing, and you want to have that pop in the entrance and whatever. I get it. But there's a different way it probably should have been done. Because the way I'm looking at it is that Christian's in the ring with a fucking steel chair under Sting's head. This geriatric that I love. Don't, no disrespect to Sting, but he's an old man. And he's got the chair underneath Sting's head. And he's about to take another chair and smash Sting's skull into jelly. And there's going to be blood and brains everywhere. He's got the chair above his head, ready to fucking swing and kill this old man. And then a video plays for like 30 seconds. Which stops and the then an entrance, And then an entrance happens for like a minute and a half. I'd be like, bashing what are we doing? Sting's head. Why haven't you swung yet? Why haven't you killed... The man went in the face paint yet. What has stopped you? Nothing. So this is this is just let's, a wrestling like, thing. Let's hold happens. out. Let's see how this all plays out before we continue with our assault. Right. Like, oh, it okay, could go my our bad. way. Like, it could go the, not. Let's take that chance. The camera. The camera's got to be on me for be able to make my my arms move. So yeah. that that's just a thing that bothers but me about wrestling. Listen, like if, at the end of the day, the investment is a direct replacement for CM Punk to. Yeah bring people into the brand and to be honest i think outside of chris jericho this is their biggest get for the casual fan so i agree when you're talking about needle movers he's a needle mover uh we'll see how well he's utilized because we all know tony khan can't book where shit so we'll see if he can impose his influence and hopefully it plays out for him right um i would have definitely booked him versus christian off the top and then I think you don't need the belt on Christian. I think at some point, maybe Edge helps Darby Allen win the belt from Christian. You do edge and, you spin off Edge and Christian on their, their own. They have a match, and they realize, oh, wait, we love each other, and they start tagging. They have a match against the Hardys, have a match against FTR, 
It never worked the Young Bucks. I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks, I think there's money there. So I think there's money in certain matches. If you do Edge and Christian against the Bucks, Edge and Christian against FDR, Edge and Christian against the Hardys, please just put them on pay-per-view. I don't want to see that. Whatever. doesn't matter. Like, there's there's so much there. I totally get it. I, I understand why everyone's doing what they're doing. I just want things to be tightened up, and I think it can be better if they do it. Nevertheless, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear just a little bit of Maven's entrance music. And you know what? I know people lost their mind for Metalingus, but if Maven's music hit, I think it would have been just as big of a reaction. Um, <laughs> I have a shout out going. Uh, it's actually wrestling related too. I had on my list Christian question mark as one of my shout outs because of his press conference. But we just talked about it. Um, there's someone else that I think deserves recognition as well. And I don't know who it is specifically, because I'll never know who it is specifically, but on Saturday night, I was watching NXT No Mercy, and I don't know if you saw this, James, but off the top of the the pay-per-view, the cold open was themed around the video game No Mercy, so it had like a start screen, hit start, and then like you pick your characters, and like it was all in the art style of the AKI uh, engine, and it just looks so fucking cool. It's like... NXT right now is hitting. I know a lot of people stopped watching when they went to NXT 2.0, and there's a reason for that because in wrestling, you can't do a full switch of your roster. Like, if you want people to continue watching, you have to like take one guy out and put another one in, and slowly one guy out, one guy in. What <laughs> NXT 2.0 said, fuck it, everyone's gone, and we're bringing in a whole bunch of new crew people. And I think that was uh, the wrong move. Anyways. Now that they are starting to get their stride again, the shows have been awesome. This pay-per-view was awesome. It was by far better than the AEW pay-per-view. That's not even a question. And whoever made that uh, cold open deserves all the credit in the world because that was so, so cool. So that's where my shout-out goes. Who wants to go next? I will. I got two. One is very sad. One is not. Uh, first one is a shout out to Chris Snow, the Flames assistant GM who died of ALS complications this week. Um, truly one of the most terrible things in life that you can go through both yourself and your family, your prisoner, your own body. So, um, you hear nothing but absolutely amazing and inspiring things of this dude. So, um, and a, you know, hard time for the family and, you know, everyone connected to him. So shout out to him. And uh, <clears throat> on a lighter note, the my other one's to Victor Hovland. Hole in one on a par four at the Ryder Cup. Uh, granted, it wasn't in any kind of match play or anything like that. It wasn't in whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, I just think getting a hole in one on a par four is unreal. Um, and so it's one of those things you probably never really hear of, maybe once every 30, 40, 50 years. So shout out to him and the European team for winning the Ryder Cup. Maddie also sent me a video of all the guys listening to Victor Hovland's favorite song. It's like black death metal. And they're all like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so yeah. Victor Hovland's awesome. now my new favorite golfer. Um, my shout out is actually, I mentioned it before, is CJ Stroud. Uh, he 
won, and then his post conference or post game press conference talked about how you know he wants people to be proud of being Texans fans, um, and he wants you know to bring that swagger back among the fan base and and the Texans culture. Um, he says you know not winning the home games ain't flying with him, and it's cool to see someone get drafted, take the reins of a franchise and their fan base and say, nah, man, like, come with me. Like, we're going to do this. Uh, too often, I think, you guys get drafted by shitty teams, don't want to get drafted by shitty teams, don't want to, they want to, they immediately want to go to the best team in the league, which is like, okay, man, like, that's not how this works. So to see a guy take ownership that way, um, not just for the team, but for the fan base, I think is really fucking cool. So shout out to CJ Stroud. Quick update on the poll. We now have uh, 74% of the vote to uh, paper straws being worse than wooden forks. There you go. a little bit of time left on that uh, poll if you want to get in there at Dustin Perry on Instagram. I think we know the result. I think we know (laughs) what the result is going to be. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of 43.6, which was brought to you by Now Your Treasures. We'll see you next week for a preview of the NHL season. The Maple Leafs are dropping the puck next week and we can't wait. But until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.